Okay, let's start the show. It's July 25th, 2013. Welcome to This Is Only a Test, the official podcast of Tested.com. I'm Will Smith, seated directly to my left, directly to my left, Norman Chan. I guess I'm uh, the closest person to your left. I would not call that directly. You, you are Directly to your left is that, the wall. You think the empty space where empty there's nothing? Space. Okay. Seated directly to my left is a large patch of empty space. And beside the empty space, space Norman Chan. Hello. How you doing, Norm? I'm doing all right. I'm not sick anymore. That's good. You you pushed through the Comic Con like crud faster than ever before. Uh, to your left is a, I think I think this is a first time visit to, to this is only a test yes. from Jeremy Williams. Hello. Uh, now those of you who have known us for a long time know Jeremy Williams as let's see I guess uh, well editor at PC Gamer of many years. Um, our our disc first. Po- I, I wasn't gonna. That, that's I, very important. I wasn't gonna. I wasn't gonna. You know, call him out. It was as previews, the disc previews, and disc and webmaster. Yeah, you were responsible for the both the oldest and the newest form of media that the publication represented. That's how I roll. Um, so then you were the podcast producer, our podcast producer for a long time. So you, when we launched podcast at Maximum BC, we don't have cough buttons here, by the way. It's not, <laughs> that, not that kind of situation. I, you, it's two hours. You just can't cough. I lean away from the mic so I can cough. There you go. Um, so then you you launched the Maximum PC podcast. Yeah, uh, with us, you are our premier producer. Yeah, man. Yeah, I first started with the PC Gamer one, and I and to do that, I had to define podcast for the editor in chief Dan Morris. And then he got really excited about it. He was super on board. I don't know if yeah. he, he was. No, I, I remember the pitch because you weren't in office. You were. Yeah, I was in uh, Chicago remote then, and you, came, you you we were chatting and and those days were like our interaction was mostly just playing Quake. TF2. TF2. TF2, yeah. It was before TF2. It was way before TF2. Maybe even TF Classic. Mm -hmm. It was a Quake Quake 3, and you came with this idea of podcasts. Well, hold on. No, 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 hold on. Jeremy didn't invent Uh, No, no, you didn't didn't invent. We we all know, what's his name? From MTV. The Podfather. (laughs) What's his name? (laughs) Adam Curry. Adam Adam Curry, Curry, thank you. That's right. Invented podcasts, but you brought it to our attention. And then you set up the website. And yeah, the idea that we could record audio over was it still still Skype back then? Yep, totally. It was all Skype. Skype. You know, it's for real. I mean, the reason I wanted to do it is because I had worked out here, like you said, and then I went to Chicago, and I didn't have that circle of friends anymore. And I realized that I needed that umbilical, and I wanted to. I, I know that the conversations that you guys have in these communities are so fun, and to not be a part of that anymore, it was sad. And I wanted to make sure that people who didn't have that circle. What could uh, could be in on them? It's like that's when I look back at places I've worked in the past. Like the work is great, the conversations in the big room full of people about stuff that's both topical and inane. Yeah, is is the it's both the best part of the podcast and the best part of of working at Future Whiskey or wherever it is we've worked over the years. Agreed. Um, I'm trying to dig up the very first episode because 
PC Gamer is on their 357th episode. It's like six and a half years. We, we did it under the radar. We put it on the web server, and it crashed the website, and Dan got called into the principal's office. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah, that was an expensive mistake. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Do, do you remember? I had to put it on the CDN, man. That before PC Gamer had a podcast, they actually did uh, web radio streaming. PC Gamer Radio with Gary Wood. That Woodrow. was a long time so ago. So I did yeah, that once. Like, I came in for the very last episode of that. It was called Imagine Radio. Right. Um, and it was just, it was like a, it was Shoutcast, maybe? It was, it was, you had to be listening live. Mm-hmm. It was where the whole system broke down. Um, but, but so for people who maybe are a little bit newer, they will remember you from uh, the Pixelbox video a few weeks ago, a few months ago now. Um, which is a, a thing that you have made. We'll talk about that a little bit in the, in the not just future and the pinball table lighting project, which also is awesome. Yeah. And, um, and the Tron mini arcade, Tron mini arcade. Of course I saw that in an arcade machine. I was going to say you did the interview. <laughs> no, no, no. So yeah, I, I watched that video online. I, I saw the Tron mini arcade at uh, California extreme. At the oh, cool. yeah, yeah, represent. Awesome. I, I, I don't know if it was your old machine or no, uh, it, but uh, I was like, wow, that, that was uh, part of your, your work was there. Yeah. Cool. So, um, so normally I worked Comic-Con last week. Uh, we recorded a podcast from the road from a car as it was driving down five. I didn't think we could do that, but it worked out okay. That's just fine. You didn't stream it, did you? No. No, not this time. We did that once at CES. Twice. Thank you. Twice at CES. Um, and that was over Ustream. Ten hours of Ustream. And it... it was fun because we had to maintain the internet connection the whole time. And the level of energy over 10 hours. Over, it made the drive go really fast. Parts of the drive go really fast, and parts of the drive were, were very difficult. And the best part of that one, um, for people who watch and remember, is that when it got dark, it was really weird. People on Ustream would just pop in. They didn't know what it was. And it was like, is this like some weird porno thing? Like, <laughs> dudes like in a van, there's like a girl there, yeah. and, and they're like, everything's real weird and dark, and... And then disappointment set in. Yeah, oh, yeah. very, very disappointing. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, but it was very, it was like a David Lynch film, right? Because like the, we just aimed the camera at night, we just aimed the camera out front. So it was just like headlights, a straight ass straight road. Occasionally you'd see a reflector or like the eyes of an animal off on the side of the road. Yeah. But nothing else for hours on end because we're driving through like the high, high desert of Nevada and California. And it was, it was real weird. It was, <laughs> I don't encourage that behavior. It's not smart. Um, wow. We didn't live stream the drive down to Comic-Con this year because we had a couple of stops. Um, but we did record a podcast, and that was interesting, and, and uh, Norm shared Comic-Con memories. But we're back from Comic-Con now, which is good. I'm happy about that. Um, we haven't talked about like the last little bit of Comic-Con. Yeah, well, hold on. I, I, I called up the first PC Gamer podcast, okay. episode one, which was done J- August 30th, 2005. Wow, so that was right before TF2. A uh, year before TF2, I guess. When did Adam Curry invent podcasting? It was real early. Yeah, it was prior to that. Yeah, it was early thousands or late nineties. No, it wasn't late nineties. Let's, let's find on Wikipedia. Uh, you, I'm, I'm fact checking uh, while you read. Yeah, we had a guest on Chris Taylor from Gas Powered Games. Yeah, that's was right. a guest. We did it. We did it like a radio show. I don't. I don't remember how long the the podcast was, and I can't download it right now. Um, but that's great. Eight years ago. Eight years. Oh my God! It still works. This file. How so, long was this podcast? <clears throat> what was he talking about then? Was he that Supreme Commander timeline or is that Dungeon Siege? Dungeon Siege. Okay. It must have been Dungeon Siege. I'm, um, I'm going to download this because apparently the file is still on the server. It's a 20 megabyte file. Wow. 
it, that's impressive. You're on archive.org. I'm on archive, but, but it, it links, links to the back real thing. to the original thing. That's impressive. Um, All right. So in October 2003, so you guys were two years in, but it didn't really take off until like 2004, oh. 2005. Not bad. A 43-minute nice 43, 43 podcast. Yeah, that's why I had to define it for Dan, who is otherwise very, very smart and knowledgeable. Well, it was a new thing. Yeah. Um, this is very dry. Let's move on to Comic-Con. Okay. Yeah. Um, You're not supposed to say that during the show. <laughs> Sorry. You, there is some water right next to you. You feel a little dry. Yeah. Uh, we were at Comic-Con the whole week. Uh, for people, that's who just the longest to, I've ever gone to Comic Con. Now also, I've never been. Is it like E3 where you don't want to go, you kind of have to go? No, 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 no. no, no. no. I like go. E3. E3's fun. Um, really? Yeah. At post, you haven't been to E3 since the Santa Monica thing. It's completely no. changed. Well, we also don't now. go to E3 the way like, like a, real yeah. games journalists go to E3. We go for a day and shoot like three videos and then we're out. Oh, that's nice. Um, the Comic Con is is if you took E3 and CES and old school Comdex and smashed them into each other. So like on top of each other, it's like three conferences stacked on top of each other because there's so many people there. But the people are I mean, fewer people in CES. CES like is in um, Las Vegas Convention Center, and that's much huge. bigger than the San Diego Convention Center. So it's a smaller space, but still 140,000 people, and it's all it's not like all press or industry people. It's all fans it's humans yeah real people they're sweaty families yeah they're strollers um so yeah we went six days um there are a lot of people there a lot of people in costume but like it's funny you you said when we were having lunch that you felt like everybody at comic-con is in costume because i've only seen it online and the photos you see of comic-con of the cosplayers so I've always been intimidated. I was just like, I can't go. I don't have a costume. You can make a costume. You're, you're handy. <laughs> it's not Dragon Con. Dragon I don't, Con, you might need a costume. You know, I don't know if I care that much. But What's, it turns out you don't have to. You, no. don't, you absolutely do not have no. to. The, the hardest thing about Comic-Con is getting tickets. Because they sell out incredibly fast. Finding a place to stay down there is really hard at this point. Like, the con has dramatically outgrown San Diego Convention Center and the surrounding area. Mm. But I think like talking to people seems like the only reason it works and the reason so many people come is because of the proximity to LA. So like you can get Robert Downey Jr. and Simon Pegg and Well, they've wanted to move it to Anaheim for years. Um, but San Diego doesn't want it to move because it brings in so much money. And so the city has negotiated deals with the organization that runs it to keep it there through 2015 and has promised to build more hotel rooms mm. to accommodate that. Uh, but the organizers have threatened to move it to L.A. and put it at the Anaheim Convention Center, which is just as big, yeah. with more hotel space right close to Disneyland and just less of an urban area. Uh, there'd be less, fewer like evening things to do, but that's not a bad thing. Like fewer like people just drunk at bars. You know, you go to Disneyland after Comic Con. That'd be pretty. There amazing. are a lot of really drunk people at bars. We watched a guy get heckled trying to parallel park on Fifth or Sixth. I can't remember which street, but like they they have all these outdoor like like sidewalk cafes, and people were sitting at the bar on the outside edge of this, just just giving him the business, like the full on like hey, cheering every time he switched in from park into drive. It was it was pretty impressive. Um, so Comic Con's fun. It's fun. It's you're right. It's overwhelming. You can't. A lot of people go for one particular thing. If you're into anime, you're going to go for the anime things. You're into you know board games. They have like some board game stuff. The exhibit hall is structured in the way that there's a lot of uh, like organization. Like if you like just like video games, one wall is all the new video yeah. game stuff. If you just want cool, t- interesting T-shirts, there's 
you know, the retailers for T-shirts are in a certain place. Well, an independent, like there's independent artist alley. There's the movie movie studio section, and then there's because this cool here. There's lots of indies because the impression I have is it's become very corporate. So the New York Times had a good piece uh, over the weekend about the the clashing cultures, uh, and we talked about this in the last podcast we did of how it's ch- you know. Comic Con movie studios in around 2005 started getting really aware of yeah. how, how marketable it was, and they take up all the booth space and and, and do all the uh, you know the events and they pay all the money, which is fine. But then you have this emerging like you know nerd tribes that are kind of popping up that do their own meetups and do their own events outside Comic Con and around and and throughout it, and that's where you can find the really cool stuff. It's like the Louvre. If you go to the Louvre and you try to see everything, you're going to be disappointed. It's just like it's just that. Like, it's just like exactly. the Louvre. It's, you know, except it's just it's high culture. It's low culture. Remember, maybe like this culture. So what's – hold on. What's the Mona Lisa in this analogy? Is that like the um, Iron Man Robert Downey Gallery? Jun- no, Robert Downey Jr. Okay. is this Mona Lisa. This is Mona Lisa. You have to wait in a line for two days oh. outside to see him. Um, the, and then when you get to see him, you get 35 seconds you get, and they usher and you fast. Very far away. And, and that's it. He's smaller than I expected. He's a little man. It used to be that if you were pressed, you could walk up to the side of the the uh, the, uh, the big hall, uh, and there would be a press photography area. And I was there with like a dinky camera, taking pictures, you know, eight years ago. And now, now you you have you to, have to wait. be real press. You have to be real press and wait two days wow. to get in. Yeah. It's um, but they made big announcements and like like. Things oh, happened there. What were the big announcements? Because I had, I did not see big announcements. Things happened there that we have no idea that happened, even though we were there for six days. That were big media announcements, uh, such as the next Superman movie is actually going to be a Batman Superman movie. Wait, what? Who's directing it? Is actually Zack, Zack, Zack Snyder? Snyder? Ew. Oh, sorry, I said that out loud. Um, okay. Um, Jeremy just shakes his head. I just think this it's, this is a stupid argument. I, I mean, I'm. I'm of the opinion that Superman is going to beat Batman. Well, no, you know, it's not a versus. No, no, it's a versus. It's a versus. It's a versus. It's they just, will fight and then team up. You know, I know uh, there's Batman people out there, but it just doesn't make any logical sense to me. Um, uh, they announced uh, the new X Men, or they, they've been working on the X Men movie. Everyone who's ever been in an X Men movie was at Comic Con for the next X Men movie coming out in uh, next year. Okay, and, extras and everything. Well, in any lead speaking role, Ray Parks. Every, everyone who basically has been in an excellent okay. movie. Uh, it's like Star Trek Generations. It's it's like Generation. They meet the the past meets the fu- the present and the future. Um, hmm. And Brian Singer is back to direct that. Uh, they had Hunger Games there, which I don't really care too much about. I like uh, Hunger Games. The Avengers are all basically there. The Thor people are there. The guy who played Loki, mm-hmm. uh, Tom, Tom Hiddleston. Tom Hiddleston went on stage as Loki, dressed up, and did a speech as Loki, mm. chastising the audience and then recruiting them for his cause. It was basically like the German scene in Avengers. Yeah. It was pretty good. I mean, um, the, the actors will, will do that for the marketing. All of this stuff are things that we didn't see. Um, there are a bunch of things for TV shows. Um, oh God, I, there was a... Um, uh, I mean, here's the thing is you, the, the experience that I have at Comic-Con is very – Norm has a very specific goal when he goes to Comic-Con. We'll talk about that in a minute. My experience at Comic-Con is that I kind of go in and I treat it like going swimming in the pool 
when it's really hot outside. So, like, you occasionally jump into the pool for a minute to cool off, go in for make 30, 40 minutes. But then it's time to get out go over to the pool bar, have a cocktail, you know, be a normal human being again for a little bit. Because I get real claustrophobic. It's just too many people. You get all yes. crunched in with people and, like, there's a lot of touching and – it's it, like it's nice because you see people like people see us and they they're like oh we, you guys are from Tested we love you cool and that's rad that's always cool yeah met, met a lot of fans met met a ton of fans they just came up to you oh yeah nice I mean it's it's but it's that kind of like it's that it's like PAX I don't know if you've ever been to PAX but it's the same nope. kind of thing every uh, it's, you, you go to PAX you, I want to I want to I have kids it's hard you get to, you PAX get to is know. great for kids well my I, maybe maybe okay. my older kid yeah yeah um. So yeah, Gary it, brought his baby to PAX last year. I'm bringing my baby to PAX. All right, it's, I'm just yeah. looking for an excuse, man. I don't get out much. <laughs> oh, you you want to go and not have the kids? <laughs> oh, I, okay, I see. Okay. Um. Yeah. So so yeah, I mean, but you can you can you can go and wait in a bunch of lines and go see a bunch of panels and see Robert Downey Jr. and and people who are famous. You can talk to people who create stuff that you love. Like if you want to go meet comic artists or screenwriters or producers or whatever, like th- those people are in panels, and after the panels, you can go up and talk to them. As a general rule, depends on how there's a whole contingent of attendees who are just aspiring artists who have their portfolios and wait in line to you know get a free portfolio review and yeah. to, to pitch their work. If you want to go and buy a bunch of autographs from people who are in the autograph room, there is a room full of celebrities who are signing stuff. And buy autographs? Frequently, you have to pay these days. Yes. They're forty dollars for an autograph for Brent Spiner and serious. I'm, I'm, I'm wow. and, I mean, you we walk by him. He actually doesn't like taking photos huh. with people like, if you don't pay for it. So if you <laughs> like Brent, here, you know, take a picture. Look, really, just won't even smile. Oh okay. my gosh! What's your favorite Brent Spiner role? <laughs> well, uh, Data. I yeah, I mean, it's he, hard. he was the cruise ship director on um, Speed Two. No, um, the Jack Lemmon uh, um, Walter Matthau movie. Um, that's, He's a great role. That's your favorite? No, Data's yeah. my favorite. All right. Um, <laughs> that you can, you can. The thing you, that, that interests me most was when you told me you could buy things. Oh yeah, I, I didn't know that it was basically a marketplace. It oh, is. It's a that's massive well, marketplace. That, and, and so now that I know that, I actually want to go more than ever. So that's where, like, the first time I went there to Comic Con, I didn't know because we had a booth at Future. I had no idea what to expect except for a bunch of you know comic book nerds. And when I got there and I saw all these like independent artists making awesome, doing just awesome work, and it's people from like you know like Ali Moss and and Scott C and people who are who are famous designers, not comic book artists, not comic book artists, yeah, just just designers and artists, all the way down to people who have like a, a small run indie comic that just do awesome t shirt designs and stuff like that. And it's a really like I love going down there. It's much easier now. You used to carry a ridiculous amount of cash, but everybody has Square now, right? Yep. So you can pay with cards, and you don't have to carry three hundred dollars to buy T-shirts and stuff. So, comic artists, you can it's pay great. for pay for sketches. Mm-hmm. You can get like a you can get a custom like commission sketch there on the spot. Sometimes some of the big ones, you actually have to like do a lottery to pay for the sketch. Wow! It's like a real big famous artist like Adam Hughes, who just covers you. Uh, you will do a lottery, and then like three people will get the opportunity to pay to pay for a commission. Uh, and then, like Will said, there are a lot of like just. Graphic designers, people who do their work online, you're unaffiliated with any any comic book publisher. Pop and, artists, and they'll what, just yeah. they'll just sell prints. Uh, a lot of stuff is exclusive there, limited edition stuff there. So I even bet, the big yeah. companies like Hasbro, they'll like release or Mattel, they'll release an ex- one giant Transformer toy that year will be at Comic Con, and lo- hundreds of people wait in line every day just to buy it. A lot of those people buying it retailers, so they'll sell it at their booths. You could they'll wait in line one day to buy it from Hasbro. 
and then sell it at their booth at a markup and <laughs> they, turn around, make 50 bucks. And sell you know, it they, immediately. They sell it immediately. They're kiboshing that some, though, because now they don't let exhibitors get in line before the well, doors they, they are open. They never did. Oh, okay. They, they just they just they just wait in line. But like they they have like old school transformers that they'll sell that are like Metroplex from the eighties that are redone. Uh, and they're super cool. I mean, it's stuff you yeah. couldn't get in the old days and real hard to get now. Yeah, Mattel real sold a, uh, they debuted their um, hoverboard from Back to the Future Two. Does it really work? Does not really work. <laughs> Fuckers. Do you remember that? No, you remember the rumors back in the eighties oh, that yeah. it worked in no, Canada? No, they have they one. made one. It works. You have, you have to be on the right kind of pebbles. They just can't sell it because it's not safe. Expensive. I, I bought this uh, Ecto one there. Yep. How much was that, Norm? It was 100, 110 bucks. That's a it's a lovely piece of work it's for hundred ten bucks. One eighth, one eighteenth scale micro machines. Um, the uh, I mean, and here's the thing. Even so, like Gina went. Gina's been a couple times now. She loves going because like one year she just went and got in the line for Hall H and then sat in the Hall H all day basically. Which Hall H is the big, what, 6,000 person or 4,000, 8,000 person auditorium where all like the big movie panels happen. And she just sat and watched, watched like, you know, the event, the, I guess it was the Avengers panel that year and, you know, all the different stuff that came through and just had fun. Like she was really into it. Um, this year she got out and just walked around the floor and like was like, I'm just looking at costumes. Like I'm, I'm here to look at costumes and bought some prints for the baby's room and for the house and stuff like that. But just kind of just noodling around meeting people and, and having fun. Um, it's, it's a really, it's an awesome, like the thing that I love about it is it's super inclusive. It's the same thing that's good about PAX. PAX and Maker Fair for that matter is that you, kind of everybody comes and does their own thing. And as long as you're awesome and cool and don't impinge on anybody else ruin anybody else's experience it's all good that sounds fun yeah, how much good. is a ticket it's about a hundred bucks 125 bucks for four days or a single day is about 25 dollars yeah. yeah but they do sell out and sometimes they have to do a lottery system for leftover tickets yeah. um so so after we recorded the still untitled maybe it was before i can't remember but but we went and did some other stuff um a couple of other comic-con things that we didn't talk about in still untitled the, there's a video of me and john drake playing the new fantasia music evolved game um, it's it's pretty dumb. I'll just leave it. <laughs> the at The video, that. not the game. The game is awesome. The video is dumb. I, I think the game. I, I, th- I think John Drake, when we talked to him, and Eric Pope were right in that uh, the license. And you, have you seen this game, Jeremy? Uh, I don't think so. So Harmonix, the people who make Rock Band, who made Rock Band and originally designed Guitar Hero, um, they are maybe music, are a music company, uh, and they are partnered with Disney to do a, a Connect game for 360 and Xbox One based on the license Fantasia, which is a Brilliant idea. Yep. Um, and you play as the new Mickey, the new uh, the new wizard, to to fight the evil wizard. Well, so, but when you think of that license, uh, because it has it evokes a strong um, memories, and because you have this instant like it, when you say Fantasia music motion game, it just makes sense, and you immediately come up with what you think would be a good interpretation of that. I think that because it's so easy to come up with. What, a game in your head, the game that they made might not exactly be the one that you had thought up of, um, because well, it's such a no-brainer. So, so there's a bunch, there's a different segments apparently, and I don't, I don't know a ton about the game, but the segment I played, you actually play as Igor Stravinsky, who is the composer in the original Fantasia. So you stand up, and and if you remember, there's this really, there's a shot of of a silhouette of the composer. Um, with like a, um, at the beginning, at the very beginning, yeah. with a colored background, and then what happens? What happened when, you, when I played was the colored background kind of faded away, and all of a sudden you're directing the stars, basically. So, it's, so the version, the bit I played was that it wasn't the Sorcerer's Apprentice bit. 
Um, I think that that's part of that's a part of the game they may not have shown yet. Even um, when, when we talk to like people like Colin, uh, Colin Campbell, um, and he has kids who, who love Connect and. Uh, Connect One sold really well for Xbox 360, even though we knew the hardware wasn't the most it could be. It wasn't very like good. They, they, they cheaped out on some of the hardware uh, that we, we know not, that now, just to get it affordable. Um, and it you know, wasn't as responsive, wasn't as useful, but kids loved it because they, they get some type of feedback. You know, they're going to jump in front of a TV and if, with Dance Central or whatever, they're going to wave their arms, and as long as there's some type of visual feedback and there's music... They will go crazy. You have kids, you know that's that's pretty much true. It's right? true. Yeah, my, right? my six year old loves the connect. So, I think that a Fantasia game with the Xbox One, it, it can be a game. I mean, it can, it can absolutely be a game that you can like get points in and, and play for points. But I, I would be just be fi- I would just be fine having a connect Fantasia game where it, you get to wave, be a conductor, mime yeah. conducting music, and it just gives you some kind of cool feedback. And let you enjoy music, great well, music. I, I think, I mean, I would buy this site unseen just because it's going to be a new Connect with yeah. a lot more capability. Well, it'll be out. It's it's out on both platforms. It's out on okay. old 360 and Xbox okay. One. I'm just looking ahead. I yeah, mean, I'm sure it'll be fine on the old one too. But I mean, Harmonix can do no wrong. They and they have done. They have a pretty good so much track sense. Record. Like yeah. you think about people before there was Guitar Hero, people played air guitar all the time. Yep. Right, and it's to mime that that feeling of being a rock star was just natural to people who love music, and it's the same for people who love classical music. Miming that like conducting action, people do it all the time. And well, now but it's, it's not it's not just classical music. There's I, I, I mean, played a any, fun any song. Type, any type of music. The neat thing is you they they have they've recorded different alternate tracks for key bridges of the of the song. So like the fun song that I played, you can choose to play the original the original recording. Or you can replace that with an electronic, ver- a more electronic version, I guess, or like a marching band version. So you can have like this segment be the original track, and then the next one is the electronic version, and the next one is the trombones and, and bass drum, and then you can kind of weave it all together. And it, it was neat. Like what they've done is, it's it's not like, you know, it's not like taking a, a mixing program or Logic or something and making your own loops and all that and making electronic music. But it's more like making music than you come up with something original every time. Cool. Um, we also saw the Wired Robot. Uh, Joey and I went over and saw they had a, I think, 12 or 13 foot tall uh, robot built by the Stan Winston School. This is the robot. The robot. Yeah, this is amazing. It was, it was I'm going to go ahead and tell you, usually that stuff you see and in person you're kind of like, oh, that's okay. It was fucking awesome. Now, uh, it was made by Stan Winston Company and Legacy FX. Legacy FX. Yeah. And, in weeks. And in, 24 days. Yeah. 2,000 man hours, few though. weeks. Uh, when you say a robot, there was actually a person inside it. Which is hearing it. I, when I saw it, I was like, oh, my God, they made a mech. Yeah. It, look, it looks like it's a, such a convincing right. costume. It, it looks like a mech that's tethered to a big power supply yeah. that you'd actually have the remote control, right. and like you could move more than ten feet because you know it, yeah. it requires a lot of power. Nope, it, it's no, it's not that at all. Totally it's free. Suit. It's yeah. a suit. So um, there's a guy inside it named Bruce. He's a puppeteer, uh, and uh, the way it works is. They have a, the feet are sh- like sheetrock or electrician stilts, the kind that you use when you're doing ceiling work in a in a 12 foot ceiling room or a 10 foot ceiling room. And then there's all the external stuff on the outside of that. So he puts on the sh- on the stilts first, and then they lower. He like crouches up and climbs up inside the torso. So the robot has four arms, and the bottom two arms are his, and they're attached to the top arms with a with a linkage that mimics the arm movement that he has with the with the arms. Scales above. it up and, and moves it. Which 
which is exactly. somehow connected like to an audio system that makes it sound like servos. So listen, so this is in this will all be up next week. So we're going to give you a sneak preview. If you don't want to hear about the two videos weeks. Uh, two weeks from now, if you don't want to hear about that stuff, then then we'll just fast forward like ten minutes because we're gonna we're gonna blow this whole thing open. Um, they have potentiometers on the on each of on the key joints. The potentiometers measure the movement uh, along the joint. And they trigger an Arduino to play the appropriate sound effect depending on which way the pot's going. So that when the robot lifts his leg, it makes leg-lifting servo noises. Very convincing. When the robot's foot hits the ground, it makes a thump. How and much it, does a wall weigh? Uh, 150 pounds plus the dude. So 300 pounds all, all told. 150 pounds, and it's not all on his back, of course. Um, a lot of it's in the stilts. It is, a lot of it is on him. So like, is it about 100 pounds on him? They said very specifically that they don't tell him how much it weighs until after he's done. Like when he's done with the puppet forever, they'll tell him how much it weighs, but they like, don't want him to know how much weight he's carrying extra right that's now. Not, that's not good from a like, health perspective. It's like being a really fat guy. <laughs> from a health, yes, it's true. Like, if you have a bad back, do not wear the well, robot costume. So Bruce, just to, just to be clear... The dude who's the puppet it was ripped. Like he, like what, the the whole two thousand man hours that they were building the robot, he was in the gym like pumping iron, bulking up, and like you know no, low carving. He must know how much like they he, must know he knows for the ballpark. safety safety reasons. He how knows much it weighs. He knows the ballpark, but they don't ever tell him exactly how much he's carrying. He knows it's between like one hundred and twenty five and one hundred seventy five pounds. Um, God, he only one guy operates it ever. Uh, well, I mean, just to be clear. There are two or three people operating the puppet. There's Bruce who's inside. There's another person who's manipulating the head, which is a, a, a remote-controlled puppet with, with servos and stuff. old like school RC, RC controller. Yeah. And then there's uh, either that person or a third person is actually operating the voice of the robot. So the, the walker is not the voice. The walker is not the voice. Interesting. So, the, But the walker has full communications with the outside world with the headset okay. so that he can talk to people outside. And he also has a camera inside that shows – uh, uh, kind of his perspective, both from the inside, from like on the chest. There's a GoPro mounted on the chest, yeah, looking I saw down. Some of that, yeah. And then there's also a camera that's aimed at him, so he can see, like, oh, there's a little kid coming up on him. I shouldn't step forward and crush this child. Wow. Um, like, there's a. It seems so like he, a, he has no direct optical line of sight for he, the outside there's, world. There's a little bit of a gap um, in the kind of chest plate where you can kind of see through, but it's all meshed over. So it's, he said the so visibility is pretty limited. It's a, it's a screen? Well, uh, at, there, there's a is, screen inside. As is visibility to him. That's, yeah. that's why it's so convincing. Yeah. yeah. And when you first saw the design, like, not only did they like, look like they built a mech, built like a 2,000-pound you know, mech, that's you know that's mostly what foam and and um, it's and, almost vacuum. It's almost all the plastic stuff is vacuum formed. So um, to to make it as light as humanly possible. Yeah, it's all possible. hollow. Yeah. Um, like they, he said, once they put it together the first time, it was three hundred pounds, and they took it all apart and broke out the hole saws and just started taking out chunks of material wholesale okay. to reduce the weight as much as possible. But it's like, oh, they designed a four-arm mech. Why do they do that? And it makes sense because two the, the small, two small arms yep. are the, the, the dude's arms. When yeah. I saw those videos, man, I think I was more excited than anybody in the video. Oh, <laughs> I, 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 yeah. I was flipping out. I thought that was the coolest costume I'd ever seen. Well, so I, our internet was so – I was in a hotel, so the internet was bad. Um, and I wasn't able to see the video, the Adam reveal. Yeah. So the first time I saw it was when the dude was putting it on, and I was just like, "This is fucking incredible!" <laughs> oh, you in, oh, wow. So, so he. Um, I, I wish I'd we'd been the, there. I read the, the article. Reveal. Oh, yeah, so do I. Yeah, we we missed out on that. Um, 
the one thing that is the other thing is just so you don't worry about Bruce's health when he was standing still and like doing photos and stuff with people they had a rig that came up behind him that was like a little crane and it lifted most of the weight of the top off of him so I would think so, that it, it would be smarter for them to anchor the weight like have it all pushed down to the feet on the ground so when he's standing still and not lifting it just goes through him. He's not. It's on his shoulders, and it just. But then there's the ground. But the thing is, all that stuff on the outside wasn't mechanism. Like those hydraulics weren't real hydraulics, because they would have weighed a ton. It was all just fake. It's stuff that looked real, and it's fake. all disconnected. There's no way there's, to distribute. There's that no way to, to distribute. Like, so if yeah. he like relaxes muscles, it's gonna fall over, and he um, would fall over. I, no, no. I think I think like the, the there's a standing position for it that's neutral. Like it's it was it was pretty clearly balanced in such a way that he wouldn't wipe out. But but seriously <laughs> so though, sad. falling was a real like falling with that thing would have been very really top. He was always yeah. surrounded by guys in black t-shirts. I don't think that t- were keeping people away. Yeah. Yeah, and like he, they, there were also a couple of spotters that could say, "Hey, somebody's coming up on your left." Like when we were shooting, a guy got arrested down the street, and his path to the cop car was right by the robot. Yeah, so the spotters had to clear everybody back and like make sure that he was on oh. his because he the, those big arms had like a twelve foot wingspan or something, arm to arm. How articulated? So he wiped out. Were his hands? There were no hands on the end of the robot. It was machine guns and like drills and stuff. Yeah. Does this disappoint you? It does. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> well, like so, uh, from a puppeteering standpoint, uh, imagine twenty-four if, days, Norm. I, I understand. I, I'm, I'm saying, I'm saying that they could. He, he had a Gatling gun on one arm. What? It, why? Do you, if you, you know what they say. I want. I want the robot to give you a thumbs up. A if, thumbs up robot is the best thing. I mean, James Cameron establishes in Terminator Two, yeah. and a robot that can emote a thumbs up for a kid. It's the coolest if that's the one thing you could do, it would get old real fast. Every time you saw well, that robot. Well, not just the one thing, but like just, just that he could. Now maybe give give someone else the finger. If if the only <laughs> right, that's also cool. If the or only point. if the only tool you have is a chain gun, Norm, pretty much pretty soon everything looks like it needs to be shot. Well, that's not a good thing. Good for analogy. A robot. Well, you know, he's it's worked out so far. He's a friendly robot. Um, it was really neat. I got no thumbs up. I don't know how friendly he is. <laughs> you should watch the video. And what's the deal? They tried to get him in the building and they hadn't cleared it with security. Uh, and- there's no way they could walk that through the crowd sitter. They, they would have killed somebody. Yeah. Because the thing is, if he, if it starts to go, the dudes in black shirts aren't going to be able to stop it. Right. So, uh, like, and, and if it hits the but ground. But there were like a thousand supermen there. They could have saved the guys. Like, Jeremy, those aren't real supermen. What? No. <laughs> Superman's not real. He's not real. Um, so yeah, Comic Con. Norm, what did you do? You guys, uh, you so uh, Gina and the Munchers and I drove back on Sunday, and uh, you guys stayed at the con for a whole extra day while we were driving up Interstate Five. We actually were there only for maybe an hour at most, and then spent the rest of the time feeling tired, sore, and working back at the hotel room. Yeah, which it was, was uh, which is a good way to spend the Sunday. Yeah. We um we got the Saturday Night Fireworks show off the balcony of the hotel room, which was well, pretty nice. sweet. Um, the baby was not impressed. I bet. Yeah, she likes fireworks, but but no nope. bad scene. Yeah, she's into them. Cool. She's in our neighborhood. We have fireworks on Tuesday night, pretty much every week. So, wow, people launch fireworks a lot. Yeah, no, it's oh. not official. <laughs> that kind it's of not, it's not a Pacifica perk. Yeah, no. Well, it is a Pacifica perk, but it's like it's like oh yeah, Thursday fireworks. Okay, why not Saturday? Woo. <laughs> well, you you can have fireworks in Pacifica. Not really. We can't. Ha- well, we can't even have sparklers in San Francisco. Really, no sparklers legally. What kind of fascism is that, like, man? Right? Yeah, but you guys are cool with sparklers. So you just got back from a uniquely San Francisco activity. Can we talk about this for a little bit? Oh, sure. Highly technical. 
Yeah, no, it's, 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 you, you <laughs> clearly don't listen to the podcast, Jerry. Um, you went to the official San Francisco summer camp, and it's like a super. It's kind of a hipstery thing because like you had to apply. Yeah, it's a lottery. It, yeah, it's, it's just hard. like just Boy, like school. Is this, how is this the official? Or San suddenly Francisco interested now that he knows it's exclusive. Camp. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> now that it's an elite group Ooh. of people. Uh, it's, Tell me more. It's called, it's called Camp Mather, and it's. It's spelled like Mather, but they hated the guy who who is named after, so they call it Ma- Mather. Why did they name it after him <laughs> if they hate him? Yeah, this is my question. I don't yeah. know. Someone can tell us in the comments. But it's uh, yeah, it's family camp, and uh, I went there with my wife and two kids for a week. Was completely off the grid. Okay, and so that was was that by choice or is that no, like by, they take it's, away your it's phone? Just how they do it? Okay, there's no cell access. I'm, I'm out. You can't. <laughs> no, there's, you have to drive a half hour <laughs> just to get cell access. Uh, there, oh, oh yes, yeah, I mean in Yosemite, absolutely. There yes. is Wi-Fi at a local uh, lodge, but and you can wander in there and pretend like you're staying there and use their public Wi-Fi. But that's that's, that's like a mile away. Uh, so yeah, it was it was off the grid. It was really cool. I mean, it was something that I did not think I could handle. But when I got back, I was kind of like kind of missing the off the grid lifestyle. What's what's uh, what like what's a day activity? Like what's a you're there for a week. Yeah, yeah. It's um. There's activities every day. There's there was a ping pong tournament. They actually have four or five outdoor ping pong tables, which was awesome. Oh, that's um, cool. And so there was a tournament for that. There was uh you know bo- volleyball, badminton. All the meals are provided, but they only they give you a very small window to show up. So there's a line. So what is like, the like at a what is like the theme? It's, a, it's like at a cafe. Yeah, like a big. So you eat like big family family style tables. Yeah, everybody buses else. their own tables. Exactly. That's Who good. organizes this? Yeah, it's it's run by the park district. Okay. It's uh, and it's subsidized by them too. Um, so the Park District of San Francisco. Yep, oh. yep. They they consider themselves the flagship of the San Francisco parks, and uh, you know, there's all you kinds think of the Golden Gate Park, which is the largest, I, uh, yeah. you know, urban park in the country. I think everyone else considers Golden Gate yeah, Park I would the think flagship. That that's the flagship. They consider themselves. But it's really it's right. I mean, you can hike to Hetch Hetchy, which is the dam where San Francisco gets its drinking water from, and uh, Yosemite is well. That's in Yosemite, but. So it's just like a four hour do, do they have like basket weaving and yeah. stuff like that? Is it like going to Boy Scout? Yeah, there's, there's what do you call those things? Um, uh, yeah, not basket weaving, but there's it like was the dream, easiest merit badge at camp. Dreams, yeah. dream catchers, and uh, all you know, it's standard camp activities. Okay, there's canoeing. Is there uh, gun, hiking, guns and archery and stuff like there that? There is archery, okay. and my six year old turns out is a wizard with a bow and arrow. Really? Yeah, that's dangerous, dangerous stuff. No, that's not, there's an archery range down by our house. Down by my house. Wait, cool. Yeah, you Wait, should bring them down. I didn't know that. Yeah. There's one in uh, Golden Gate Park, too, I didn't know about. Yeah. They're everywhere. Archers. <laughs> yeah. Thank um, God. Year of the Bow. Last year. Last year, 2012. Um, that sounds fun. It's cool. Yeah. So they take your cell phone? No, they don't take it, but there's no... I mean, it's a clock yeah. while you're there. And your iPod. Yeah. Um, That's what happened. I was at Yosemite also. It was great. You the know, drive I, back was just it's eyeing that signal bar. Yeah, yeah, You yeah. drove back, right? We, we drove into Yosemite... We stopped at a lookout, our first lookout at Yosemite. It was beautiful. And when we parked, I got a ding from my phone. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God, signal for the first time in days. And Abr- my wife, she's like, no, you are getting out of the car and looking at the view. You are not checking your email. So I, I, I followed my orders, but uh, I was excited to check that email. Good man, Jeremy Williams. Thanks. I've never been excited to check email, I don't think. <laughs> Every day, I got to keep it in box zero. Um, should we talk about tech news? Sure, there's a lot, a lot of tech news. Uh, there's kind of a lot, yeah. Um, Google had an event yesterday. It was a uh, breakfast with um, Sander. Sander? What's mm-hmm. his name? It starts with S. Mm-hmm. It, anyway, it, I, I, I forget. I forget. I 
I should know his name, but he, it's, he's the guy in charge of um, Android. Yeah, Android. Uh, Sundar. Sundar. Sundar Pichai. Sundar. That's what I thought it was. Um, and uh, they announced all the things that people wanted them to announce at Google I/O. They didn't announce all of the things. Were you excited about new Google Maps at Google I/O? Yeah, yeah. Uh, particularly. I don't like the new Google Maps. I don't like it. Either. Did you know that you can catch? Well, I like the automated stuff. Yeah. In uh, that, were like, if you search an address, you could just touch your. I don't like point the, visual, the visual stuff. Do you know that you can cache to. Google Maps on iPhone, so you don't have to have Signal to use them for specific Offline areas? Maps? Offline is, is Maps? It, uh, it's the yeah, sh- that's always been the case. No, 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 only on Android. Oh, no. Really? They got rid of it in Android in the new version. Uh, it's an Easter egg. Yeah, you have to... You have to huh. Um, I'm, I'm pulling up the instructions right now because it's a little tricky. You open up the map that you want to see, and then you... In the search bar, you type it in search you, so, Yeah, you type OK Maps in the search bar field, and yeah. it will save it. For offline access, did we talk about uh, OK Glass? The origins of OK Glass? Um, no, but they, that was a that was a Project Glass Explorer post of the day the other day. Uh, one of the marketing managers came up with it. Uh, well, she wasn't a marketing manager before this, and she right. used that as her pitch. The origins of the phrase of the phrase OK Glass. Uh, a marketer at Google wanted to get into that department to work with Google Glass, and went to dinner with one of the project managers, and uh, wrote this. Well, email this 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 cute <laughs> email about uh, about the phrase "OK Glass" and how she came up with it. Um, but what was more interesting, uh, I think the next web broke the story was how uh, what the alternative phrases that they were testing. Uh, some of the phrases were um, computer. Well, computer was one of them for sure. Uh, like computer, please, device, please, uh, like on my command, uh, pew, list- pew pew pew. Pew 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 is pretty pew, good. Pew 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 is one of them. Um, yeah, some of them were terrible though. Well, I think I think they only shared the really really terrible ones. How many false positives do you get um, on OK Glass? Yeah, none because you have to. The screen has to be on in order for it to fire oh, to, okay. to work. Right. Um, listen up, Glass. Hear me now. Let hear me, use me glass now too. is the worst one. Go go Glass. Imagine if you're like walking down the street. Hear me now. Hear me now. Hear me. It's like, are you a, are you a Verizon commercial? Can you can you hear me now? Galassicus. Galassicus. Glass alive. Oh no. Device, please. Clap on. So they went the right direction. Yeah, yeah. they made a good choice. These are all terrible. I think these are intentionally terrible. Um. That's probably right. Uh, so uh, yesterday they announced the new Nexus Seven. Yeah, it's made by um, ASUS. Still made by ASUS. It's going to cost two hundred thirty dollars. It is in every way, aside from price, an improvement on last year's Nexus Seven. Yep. Uh, Jeremy's already phasing out. <laughs> Are we on Android? I'll see you later. <laughs> it's just it is, the next it is, twenty or thirty It does run minutes. Android. <laughs> Sorry, it doesn't run iOS. Uh, Nineteen hundred by uh, twelve hundred screen. Uh, is it 1200 or 1080? I think it's 1200. I think it's, it's 1200. So it's a 16 by 10 screen. Um, 1920. 1920 but. by 1200 uh, screen uh, weighs, I think, 290 grams, which is really light. How, how much is that in Altoids? Uh, I believe it is well, much less than, uh, a little more than the tin of Altoids. Okay. So one, one tin of Altoids weighs exactly the same amount as an uh, iPod Touch. The new iPod Touch. I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I took Altoids in and out and, and I got the exact number of Altoids. Wow. That out. Um, this is what we do here. $230 <laughs> uh, for 16 gigabytes and then 270 bucks, I believe, for the 32 gigabytes. And there will be a SIM version. Uh, so it's a little more expensive. 
right? Wasn't it 200 It was 200 it, it for an 8 gig. 200 for an 8 gig, and then they actually bumped that up for 200 for a 16 gig later on. Okay. Um, so it is it is more expensive than the current Nexus 7, but the hardware is so much better. Yeah. looks so much better, at least on paper. And then the other thing they announced was the... Uh, Hold on, so it's it's uh, 16 and 32 gigs this time? 16 and 32, which is uh, what Nexus, the last Nexus 7 bumped up to uh, by the end of the year, last year. Cool. You can get the Nexus 7, the old one in 32? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. They didn't launch it with 32. No. Okay. Um, I still think that's a great price, 230. That's fine. Uh, runs with uh, Android 4.3, which <laughs> is released now if you have a Nexus device. Yeah, Galaxy Nexus, Nexus 4, Nexus S. Mostly and Nexus un- under the hood uh, improvements. Uh, well, hold on. There's a few things there. There's a new version of OpenGL. Okay. It's ES 3.0, said at Nantech. Um, the 2D rendering pipeline improvements uh, supposedly are going to make everything faster and smoother without requiring developer support. We've heard that before. It has gotten faster and smoother, but still you know, not awesome, right? Um, WebM video stuff, and uh, if you have things like um, uh, 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 what's the thing that measures how many steps you take? Pedometer. Fitbit, like pedometer. the the newer yeah the newer newer Bluetooth pedometers like the Fitbit and the Jawbone and all that that use Bluetooth low energy. There's now native support for the for the Broadcom chipset. So you maintain is, a connection without sucking up to it. It's not energy. that you maintain; it's that it'll wake the device. And there's there's some really specific things that mean it, it uses dramatically less power to use Bluetooth devices that are kind of always on Bluetooth devices. So yeah, is that like a, n- a near field though? You, you can't be quite as far with. Right? I don't know what I don't know if the range. I, I would I gotta assume it's not like ten meters like normal Bluetooth is, which it, that also isn't true. Um, right. But yeah, it's it seems like it's with the Fitbit at least the Fitbit uh, Zip, which is the little tiny one that I have. It, it's like you know five feet probably. Uh, and it only syncs when you tap it to wake it up. So it's, but it's much less energy use. Uh, I think they're also supporting the newer versions of the Bluetooth metadata transfer stuff. So like if your car has, uh, has support for that, if you have a 2012 or 2013 car that has Bluetooth audio, then you can get full metadata on the, on the car, like for, for audio tracks and, 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 you know, anything you have to be playing. Which the Explorer that we rented to drive down to San Diego had that. And that was really cool. The part of that that wasn't real cool was when the whole, like, the whole front panel system crashed and I couldn't adjust the air conditioning without restarting the car. Yeah, that's less cool. That sucked. <laughs> that was really bad. I know what you mean with the Bluetooth, though. We did the same thing. Rental had all my track names on the screen. I yeah. felt like it was on the internet. It I, was great. I, well, it blew me away when it did it for like podcast and downcast and, and RDO and Spotify and all that stuff. But like I said, not being able to adjust the air conditioning without rebooting the car kind of sucked. And when we say rebooting car, you mean pull off the I side mean, of the road. I mean, I had to pull off on the side of the road, the turn off the car, and turn it back on. Will reboots cars. I, was, I could not have been more pissed. It was 110 degrees outside. Um, so, yeah, that's the new Android 4.3 stuff. The big deal, I think, though, is the Chromecast. This is a, this is a huge, huge product for Google. Yeah. Um, it's the Nexus Q, but for TVs, and also not stupid. I would not call it. I yeah, not stupid is the key word there. Uh, At first, I thought it was USB, and I said, "What? No, no okay, it, it, five it, people have TVs with USB. It's not. Gonna it's work. it's uh, HDMI with CC, uh, which means it lets you power on uh, the connect consumer uh, c- electronics control. It does audio and, and some TV control. Um, Just to explain, it's a tiny little it's a dongle. HDMI dongle, it's a dongle that you plug into a free HDMI port yeah. on your TV. And you have to plug that dongle to power, USB power. Yeah, that's the thing that they didn't tell people. Oh. Yeah. It has another cord that hangs out. Because I've been so amazed that HDMI has no. that much power. No, some, no. Some, well, it's, their devices the print do that. requires 
requires extra power. Like the, a Roku. The Roku does that, yeah. right? The Roku released an HDMI stick that, that is powered off the HDMI bus. Mm-hmm. Huh. Um, the, the CEC stuff is basically uh, passed through for power on, volume up, channel down, input selection, stuff like that from the TV. Uh, it's, it's a, it looks like a neat product. Like it's, it connects to Wi-Fi in your house. Uh, you use your Android phone to control it. Use anything to control it. Platform agnostic. Is and there an iOS it, it, app yeah, for it yet? Uh, yes. I think I saw that, that they worked really, with Netflix. Yeah, Netflix. Yeah. So apps that run on any operating system, whether it's, it's going to Android, iOS app developers have to integrate it. Um, or desktop even. So even browsers. Yeah. Chrome obviously will be the first one to support it. Uh, we will have a button to send that content to uh, at least send this, the address of that content to the dongle. So that's Chromecast. my question. So yes. it actually is automated. It, I mean, it's, it's autonomous. Yes. It, it, it will does, start streaming to itself, not through your device. Not through your device. So, so unlike AirPlay, where you, if you, yeah. you need to actually right. keep your phone in AirPlay mode, this will just send the address and where you were playing the video at, or you know, if it's a video. Yeah. Uh, depending on what type of protocol you're using, and then that's just cool. play the video there. The test said that you need a uh, people who use who use it at Google's event said you need their quality was not great. The Wi-Fi connection needed to be really strong to have a good uh, video stream. Well, but it's just if you have sketchy Wi-Fi, it's still got to be better than AirPlay because with AirPlay you're conceivably doing two, double mm-hmm. double transfers across the Wi-Fi because you're sending it to the phone and then back to the to the Apple TV. Um, so you're using twice as much bandwidth as you would theoretically use otherwise. Yeah, but you've got two devices that are plugged into the wall and have a much better antennas, I would think. I mean, I don't yeah. think... Uh, well, the Apple TV is... My, I mean, my Apple TV is on, on Ethernet, so I don't have any problems. Right. Um, but with this, this, this is, these are both Wi-Fi devices, theoretically. And hopefully the antennas inside that thing is good, which is something that will need to be tested. Yeah. Um, and you, you can't control it. Uh, with the physical remote, you need like an app to control yeah. your power. But it's stuff. only thirty dollars, thirty-five dollars, even on Amazon right now. Our ship this morning. That's amazing. Oh really? Um, and the reason it's cheap is because they need uh, they need people to have it for developers to support it. It's like developers need to modify their apps and yeah. start supporting it. It's not you know just like built into iOS or built into you know Mac OS like AirPlay is. It needs actual developer support, so they want to get a ton of these out um, so, so, so people this, actually put it in their apps. Sorry, will this work on um, on desktop browser as well? Yeah. So you just open a tab, start playing the video. Not, not at launch. That's in beta. Okay. It will, but it will be a, I think it works on Chromebooks, though, already. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it works with YouTube. YouTube, they've added a button to the playback. And, the, and it just knows that your account is associated with this Chrome... Player. It, the Chromebook must see it on the okay. network, I would think, and that enables the bug. Huh. I, I can't wait to. I mean, this is interesting. Like AirPlay is one of those things that when it first came out, I said, "Oh, that's really dumb. Nobody's ever going to do that." And then I find myself using it like two or three times a day. Sometimes. This, this makes the YouTube DJ that much more viable. Norm, YouTube, YouTube DJ is DJ. not happening. What are you talking about? Oh, I get to tell. I get to explain the YouTube. This DJ is Norm's next career again. move. This this is my uh, brilliant idea that has no practicality. When you're at a party, Jeremy. <laughs> when was I last? Yeah, all right. Let me if you're think in a, for ca- a social gathering. I saw you at a party uh, last ma- year. Many things that co- occasionally pop up in conversations are things that people have seen on YouTube. Yep. And my concept of the YouTube DJ is someone that is aware of these conversations in some way or another and is able to throw up, like on, on, on TV, yeah. for example, someone's house, an ongoing stream yeah. of, of YouTube videos uh-huh. or online media that are, are socially relevant. So just as a DJ spins, Songs that people love 
because it's like top 40 song or whatever. And then and also throws the classics in from yep. time to time. A YouTube DJ cues up songs and airplays or sends them somehow to a projected screen or living room TV or whatever, wherever a party's at. So people have a, a, a thing but to gather But you could do this, right? You could, you could have done this with AirPlay. Oh, yeah, you could do this. So it norm- I, I've tried doing it with this AirPlay. Gary and I, before our Super Bowl, we were watching Super Bowl, we YouTube DJ fought, battled, in, in which we took turns throwing YouTube videos up on TV lame. while people waiting for the Super Bowl chatting yeah. could watch the videos uh-huh. or not. So your, your, but your idea is that you monitor the status of the room. Oh, and, no. You're, and you, you, get, give... you are very socially aware of what's hot, hot and hip. So you know what people may have seen, may not have seen, and get a sense of you know, what they're more receptive to, just as a real DJ does. You well, read the room. You read, yeah. You read the room. Yeah, read the crowd. And like, probably you'd put microphones around the room and listen for keywords like keyboard cat and stuff like that. Yeah. Because like, hey, just cat. like at a party, you know, people are talking and then you like mention, oh, you hear that new song? And then they, oh, no, no, not really. And, but if you hear that song later in the party, it's like this magical moment. Yeah. Would you I, take requests? Yeah. Why not? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then you throw in like a classic video. I think you'd need like to. a short, like chocolate short, rain. Yeah. And then people are all kind of like, you know, there's got to be, what's, what's, the, what's the journey of YouTube, right? What, what is the. Evolution of dance. So you're, what you're saying not. is Charlie, the evolution Charlie bit of my finger or something. Okay, right. we'll be like, we'll be Charlie. like the, the, the closeout. Everyone leaves in this happy mood, and it's like, wow, this, this is a really that's great. Fun man. Social and event. would you put music on top of it? That's up to See, the actual uh, DJ. Uh, up to, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying you're like a, an assistant to the actual DJ? It's, it's the bad crazy. The V component of AV. You know the a, like, the actual DJ angle though. I thought that was a cool feature of the old Apple Remote app. I missed that. That they took out. It's gone. That I thought w- would have been great for parties. I just don't go to them, so I don't know if it actually was. I tried it. I tried to get people to do it at parties. And it never worked. Oh, that's too bad. Never, ever, Because what a wonderful idea. No, we had we even had open Wi-Fi at the whiskey parties where we had open Wi-Fi. We had all the music coming through an Apple TV hooked up to people's iTunes libraries. And I put up a sign that said, hey, if you want to control the music, sign into our Wi-Fi. It's this one. Yeah. And, and open the remote app on your iPhone. Vote up. Tracks Nobody like. the world, did it. The world isn't ready for this idea. Just like the world wasn't ready for my app cafe, app bar idea <laughs> five years ago. That was a terrible idea. Six years ago. No, really an idea. Um, should we talk about Motorola real quick? Uh, sure, yeah. Because they're still relevant. Uh, well, they, Google owns them, and they're just laying people off very slowly. Uh, they announced a couple of new things today. Three new phones, uh, $99, $199, and $299. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one that's interesting to me is the Droid Max, which that's is the 299 one. The 299 one. It is 48 hours battery, which seems pretty good. They're 720p phones. Yeah, they seem like old these last are, year's these, phones. These are these are droids for Verizon. These are Motorola's. Uh, we need to get phones exclusive on Verizon. Milk that droid brand for all it's worth. Yeah. No Razer brand, uh, which is interesting. Even though uh, the uh, the Ultra is supposedly really thin, I think 7.4 millimeters. I saw speculation that, that means that there's a Razer product coming later this year. No, I think they're abandoning that brand. Or, or maybe, maybe, maybe. Uh, but I think the phone people really want from Motorola is the Moto X, which has not been announced yet, even though Eric Schmidt has been seen walking around with it. And, that's, mm. that's the, and, and there have been full-page advertisements for it. Okay. Um, they also announced a new CPU, which they're calling the Motorola 8X, meaning that it is an 8-core CPU. It, that is a little bit disingenuous because it is a dual-core Snapdragon with four GPU cores and then two other mystery cores that no one knows what the hell they are. 
Um, one is a contextual computing core, and the other is a natural language processing core. Now, the natural language processing core pr- presumably has something to do with speech recognition. The contextual compute core, I don't understand what that means. Those words make sense in a way that, that like, I'm listening to what they say, and I'm like, okay, context makes sense, and compute makes sense, and core, these are all words, but they don't go together in a way that makes sense. So I'm just listening to you, and I'm realizing we are so deep into processor speed doesn't matter anymore. It's all about the like, number of cores. Is, it's not even that. It's, the, it's that, for, except for very specific workflows, compute doesn't matter anymore. It's all pretty good. Yeah. Like I, I use a 13-inch a laptop as my daily work computer, and if you told me that 10 years ago, I would have punched you in the face. <laughs> I video edit on this thing, and it's ridiculous. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I don't do real video editing, but I do a little bit. Um, so that's Motorola. Those phones are out soon. They're, on, they're all Verizon phones. Like Norm said, they're all Droid phones, not Razors or Motorola's. Um, Xbox. Microsoft leaked, maybe? There was a leak from Somebody Microsoft? Leaked it, yeah. Uh, about the new Xbox self-publishing for the Xbox One. It is unclear. Like, There's a lot of questions that came out of this, but the, the gist is that indie developers will be able to self-publish and use Xbox Ones as dev kits, like retail Xbox Ones as dev kits. So why not everybody? I mean, why, can that just mean that any developer can use an Xbox One as a dev kit? So I've seen, uh, there, there, again, speculation online about what this means, and some of it was from people who may or may not have been in the know because they're probably actually developing stuff for Xbox One. Um, uh, one of the things I saw was that the indie pub stuff is limited to the Windows portion of the Xbox One. So, you know, there's, there's three OSs. There's the hypervisor running underneath everything, and then there's a virtualized Xbox OS, which has 100% full, you know, uh, f- full capability. And then also running, there's a Windows version, Windows portion of the OS, where you can run things like, the, like video apps and on-demand stuff and all that. The, one of the spe- pieces of speculation I saw was that, that this only applies to apps that run on the Windows side, not on the Xbox side. That's speculation. That is speculation. That, that is pessimism. Right. I mean, I, I would say that that is um, pragmatism. If I, yeah, people people who have experience dealing with Microsoft indie development in the past. Um, one of the the other parts of this is that there will be no indie ghetto for Xbox Live indie games as there is now. So right now, if you want to find self published games on Xbox Live uh, to buy, you have to go like four menu levels deep, and it's they're like you have to go hunting for them to find them, and then they don't do a very good job of actually pulling out the the stuff that's good it's just the stuff that sells the most so it's like smack boobs and right. it's weird stuff um there's also the issue of we don't think that or know if they're gonna open the gates to more software yeah well no i actually that came out in patrick's interview uh patrick klepik at giant bomb did an interview i think i think it was his um and it seems like they're not going to have it tied they're not going to limit indie publishing to uh, so, so the way it works on the 360 is if you want to publish a, an Xbox Live Arcade game, uh, you have to get a token to do that. Those tokens are issued to publishers who release disc-based games, and it seems like they get one, dis- one token for each disc-based game, which is why there's only 150 or 200 releases of Xbox Live Arcade games a year. Uh, it seems like they're moving away from that for the one, which makes sense, given the proliferation of So possibly of more games. software. Possibly more software. I mean, I, I, they have to be looking at what Sony's been doing in the last few months. Like, I don't know if you're a PS3 slash Vita guy, but if you like indie games right now, the stuff that they're rolling out on the PS3 that also plays on the Vita 
is has been pretty rad. Like from starting with like Thomas was alone and Guacamole, uh, Dive Kicks coming out later this month. Like, there are a ton of cross-play compatible games that you can play on your PS3 and Vita, and and like they just like your save games transfer the whole thing. It like works as one unified platform. It's really neat. They have to be looking at that and what's going on with Steam. Even though Greenlight's been kind of a clusterfuck on the Steam side, from like a they're changing s- it social perspective. Yeah, they are changing it. Um, like they're like the number of indie games that are releasing there and the quality of those games has gone up dramatically in the last six months. So I mean, like Microsoft was real early on that stuff with the launch of the 360. Yeah, and then then they developed so much bad will from the development community over the last three four years. That I, I don't know that they're going to get those people back, but maybe there's a new generation of, I like I don't think Phil Fish is going to make games for the Xbox One guys. I don't want to I don't want to alarm you, but you know the Fez guy, he seems like he's probably not interested in working with Microsoft anymore. Yeah, by the time he's done, you know, it'll be next generation anyway. It's possible. I'm sure a lot of people know this, but just to be clear about why this is so cool, it's that development kids have in in the past and even currently cost a arm and a leg five ten thousand twenty thousand dollars yes and and actually you're not even buying them you're just like it's just like a permanent loaner yeah uh you have to give them up when you you go like one of it's one of the reasons that when development studios go under the dev kits usually walk with the people who get sacked because they take them and go make their own games yeah or put them up on ebay yeah um yeah so i i know that the um i don't know what the dev kit situation is like on the ps4 but I know on the Wii, Wii U, it's like JavaScript, HTML5 development for those games, right? For the have, Wii? Have, yeah, have you looked know. at that at all? No, I don't the know. The Wii U? Um, Apple's developer portal. This is some Apple news for you. Let's hear it. The, their developer portal has been down for a week now. <laughs> Your developer. I'm so glad that I've been away. Well, we're all Apple developers here, aren't we? Or, I'm an Apple developer. Yeah, no. no. I'm an Apple developer. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm glad that I am not developing an app right now. I would be super pissed. Yeah. I mean, just to be clear, it's not like you can't keep developing if you're mid-development, but you can't add new devices. You can't create a new app. If you, know. you didn't keep the Xcode uh, bundle and you need to put on a new machine, right. it's you're not, boned. It's not good news and i guess they've set up a portal where you can see their progress uh to putting it all back online yeah so it seems like there was a uh, an exploit that involved the iads implementation more good news out of iads guys um hey toy story 3 ad movie looks great (laughs) um and yeah they've had to re-architect the entire thing from scratch um which is going to take a little while, which is this is a real bad time for their dev portal to be done because that means they can't even roll out like new betas of iOS or Mavericks, both of which are deep in the development process now. Like this, if they don't get this fixed quickly, it could conceivably mess up their entire launch for both of those platforms. Because I mean, I don't know how much you've used up iOS 7 at this point, but like people are going to have to do some not not massive amounts of work but there is a fair amount of work that has to be done on almost every single app i use to at least make it use the new keyboards and stuff like that yeah. um not to mention fixing the chrome to make it look more you still iOS got beta 3 right i mean you still got enough that you can keep working a little bit we just won't see the improvements Yes, that is true. And w- there was never an, a release date for iOS 7, was there? Fall. Well, it'll be when they launch the new phones. The new phone, which is so, unknown. September, we think, maybe. And potentially new iPads, too. Yeah. Probably no new iPads this year. Yeah, um, new, an updated mini, I bet. Oh, there'll be an updated mini. This year? Yeah. I thought, I thought, not, not red them, but I bet there'll be an updated one. What, what would My they do with an update? update. Well, it's an, what would they remember, do? it's an iPad 2. 
the mini. I know. Well, well to bump in the processor, and that's it. Bump, bump mm-hmm. processor. I mean, processor if they bump processor, they might as well do a bigger screen, though. But they can't, they're not going to do a bigger screen this year, is what the the right. rumors the supply chain says, it's because it's too expensive. Yeah, I, I would love for them to do the Retina screen. Oh my god, I would be so year. happy. No, I'm I'm waiting Retina. for Retina. I'll yeah. wait till next year. Well, you didn't wait because you bought one. <laughs> uh, I'm waiting. I, if they release an update, <laughs> you both bought one. Just like I, I bought it on last I day. didn't buy the uh, iPad 3.1. You know the the, the four. The four. No, I didn't buy the four. The Which, one they called the four. The new iPad. No, yeah, no. I, I did I'm not, on with the three. I'm super. I happy did not buy the newer new iPad. I stayed with the new iPad. So the four is a, the, still the newest I'm full for iPad the newest. that you can buy. The what? The, the four? Yeah. It's a year old now almost. Yeah, the four. Yeah. 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 So they're, they're due for, I think they're going to be no new mini this year. What there will be is a new full size that will be thinner. And, and that would be nice. That's, that's what will happen. Um, that, that, that they can put the battery in and still charge 500 I'm not worried more. about this developer thing. They're going to lick that in a couple of weeks. I mean, it, you know, it's good. It's, it, I, they, have, they jumped on this better than a lot of companies would have. I mean, this not, No, they didn't. Yeah, they, they did. I mean, no, they, the researcher, people have been complaining about the bug that, was, that is theoretically the one that's exploited here. I thought he reported it the day before. Uh, there was, I thought there was a guy that, that reported it a month ago. Oh, I didn't read that. Okay. Um, it's, you chose not to read it. <laughs> Apple's not. Apple's it wasn't <laughs> on my blogs. <laughs> Apple's not good about security stuff, although they're getting better, I guess is what we can say. Because two years ago, they would have just been like, no, nothing, everything's fine. It's cool. Don't worry about it. And then all of your stuff would have gotten stolen. Um, the status update page says that right now, the things that are still working are iTunes Connect and the bug reporter. And then there's like uh, 16 other things that aren't working. So bad news. Um, Let's talk about the Leap Motion controller because it's out now. I want one. Did you get order one of these, Jeremy? I did. I, I was like, you know, day one. And then um, I saw, what, you know, all the footage and it finally came out. And my credit card has since changed to expiration dates. Oh, no. So they, I didn't. They, they want to still sell it to me, but they need my new number. Oh, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not sure I want it anymore. Can I buy it? For, well, I'll buy it from you right now. Oh, really? Because I can get one. It'll be shipped tomorrow. Let's do it. All right, sold. We're making deals. We, we, we want one for a review. Yeah, Actually, uh, give me 24 hours. Anybody out there who wants one? No, 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 no. No, <laughs> no too late. This isn't live. <laughs> Cutting that out. Taking it out of the show. Um, uh, explain what Leap Motion is. So Leap Motion is a uh, box that sits underneath your monitor and lets you minority report your computer. How big is the yeah. box? It looks like the size Tiny. of an of a iPad. Yeah, like a phone. Yeah. And it's all, it's cheap. It's like it's $79. And it's somewhere. all, it's all like infrared. It's, it's, it's very, the sensors are not the fancy part. What they're selling is the software. Yeah. It's, but it is very low latency. I mean, it's pretty cool. So uh, I'm interested in how, what the, the CPU consume is on that. Cause, yeah. And whether it's scales so it's less accurate if you're using less, less strong. My, my thing is there's not enough, uh, there's no killer app for me. I mean, I don't need to play. But I think you are the person, you're per- the perfect person to develop on this because the people who got the early leap motions, early, de- like they got them months ago. They've been creating really cool stuff with it. Yeah, like really fun, like uh, theremins, you know, and yeah, fun toys. But it's such a small audience. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, it's seventy, I, seventy bucks. What it, it's gonna? And I, I think that they're great. I think if I were to have made this company, I would have been so proud of myself. They have found a niche. It's cool stuff. But personally, I just feel like it's, uh, it's doesn't. Ha- it lacks haptic feedback. I mean, it lacks anything and that you can feel. Like so even touching the surface fan, of the monitor. You think so, a fan like the throw air at you no, when you're like for resistance? I, I think that or? that's that's it, it's, that's. <laughs> De- depressing how far we are from something yeah. that's actually going to be cool. You want to wear like 
have basically we want to embed metal in our fingers and have magnetic fields so you feel pressure. That would be we, cool. Yeah, there's that's what I I, I think that this uh, leap motion thing, Oculus Rift, the uh, the the Razer wands, what are they called? Hydra. Hydra. Yeah. I mean, all that stuff is just telling me we need some. We need the other direction. We need the feedback coming the other direction so we can feel the I mean, stuff that's in these other. So you cases. want the Novan Falcon. And so that's what I want. I mean, once we that's going to be the peripheral that I dive on. I Leap motion plus Connect plus Oculus is a perfect combination. What to about that treadmill game? Visually, I, I yeah. We ordered one. We of have those. one coming. It's right? very uncomfortable. Yeah, you're like, yeah. You're against your waist, you're just kind of yeah. like. It reminds <laughs> me of <laughs> my favorite gift this year is from their Kickstarter because the Kickstarter has like like battlefield music. Like it starts off, the video starts off like you know lock and load, like close up, like strapping in, and then it cuts the full wide shot, and it's a dude yeah. <laughs> running on it. Yeah, and it looks so silly. Yeah, you know, I think I think the next step from your YouTube DJ is just a gift DJ. Ah, some buzz just, does just that. running Mashable gifs in the that background already. all the time. Already, nothing but gifs. Um, gifs are like the sound sound clips for a YouTube DJ, or like the sound bites. Yeah, it's like the interstitial between the videos. Um, it's like you throw it in like a little wicka wicka. So yeah, the re- the reviews on the the early reviews on the leap motion thing are are kind of mixed. Um, I've actually ordered one. I have one coming. I think is, so. is it a mixed bag? Is I did not say it was a mixed bag. I said they are fairly mixed. Uh, some people like it. Some people don't. Um, really? I know. It's shocking. <laughs> know. Well, usually wow. everybody either likes it or everybody doesn't. It's, it's crazy. Um, the complaint seems to be that it's, it's, like, it's a little wonky. The main in, in, in what way? Uh, I, I, don't, I, didn't, I just got to the point where the guy said, this is a mixed bag. And I was like, oh, I'm not going to read this one anymore. I can imagine there's a, there's a field of, that works in a box of space in front of you, and you don't see where the barriers are. So you're within it, and you leave it, but you didn't know you were going to. You know what it reminds me of, in theory? And I'm, I'm not, I, I hesitate to even bring this up. But do you remember the old NES peripheral, the U-Force? The U-Force? No. The, so the U-Force I remember was, the, the glove. The, so the Power Glove and the U-Force came out at the same time. And I went the Power to Power Glove got to be in the movie. I went to Hills, which was our local Walmart, Kmart, before Walmart destroyed all the rest of those. And I had money to buy one thing. And the Power Glove and the U-Force cost the same amount of money. <laughs> you chose poorly? Hold on, hold on. Oh, no. But the U-Force... The U-Force worked with every single game, and it had... Power it w- Glove didn't? No, Power Glove only worked with specific games. But so, wasn't it just like a... a, like a, a dope, NES didn't work. controller just slapped did, onto a glove? Did not work, because no, you could move your fingers. Not um, really. Did you ever use it? No. You could grab stuff. Like, the whole game was moving it in space and catching stuff. It was like Space Harrier or something, right? Okay. Um, right. So the U-Force looked like a laptop. You opened it up, it stood in a square... And then there were infrared sensors on the outside edges on the top and the bottom. So where your hand blocked the infrared reflection, it would, it would return a signal. And there were a handful of games that actually supported it, but it worked with everything. So you could play, for example, Top Gun. Like you, you flip some dip switches or something to set it into flight yoke mode. And then you could like go left by You're moving one hand. At, yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Way to go, I was, I was wow, that was so slow. I was thinking, what should I do it? And then I did it. <laughs> this is everything I dreamed. Um, and so, and then to shoot, you flipped your hand down, so you'd go like this. And it was, it was like. I, then I came of age in the late '90s when PC gaming peripherals hit both an all-time high and an all-time low simultaneously. 
Um, but this really set the bar for shitty peripherals. The this U-Force. was like mid eighties, right? You probably late eighties, maybe late 90s. ninety. What was the ideal game for this uh, U Force? I don't think that there was one. No, what probably. was the game that someone designed for it? I don't think that there was one. Probably huh. this is a, this is why you, you should never go to the store and decide what you're going to buy at the store if you're eight years so old or ten years old. With the leap motion, and it is built into some laptops now. They have a partnership. I forget with uh, it's it's uh, not Leno- it's Lenovo or Fujitsu or one of those companies um i think it is a if it could be run the background relatively low cpu and it is just an option to use it as a not as a a replacement for any interface just like touch you know and for desktops touch screens on desktops is something i i don't think is going to work like on laptops i I want it the desktops monitors you're supposed to have it you know agreed uh, far away a foot away 18 inches away from your eyes you're not going to want to reach out, but if it's just right in front, you know, by your keyboard, or having a built leap motion built into your keyboard, so you can, you know, do a quick gesture, a program gesture, and have it accurately do something, would be cool. I don't know. The only the only interesting interface right would now would be useful. The most interesting interface is this, is voice, and I think Google's going the right direction with that. They got it when they're going to announce for the, mobile. But that's for gonna, mobile. No, not just they're doing the OK Google thing for Chrome. I understand it's coming out, but it's the the usefulness for voice. If you have a good keyboard, if you have a good keyboard yeah. attached to it, I can do I can type whatever I want to find much much faster than I can say it, and and, and more, more accurately because yeah. when you say stuff, if you're talking about anything more than a sentence, your your voice is not going to be as accurate as what you want. I don't to know. If keyboard. I'm doing a quick Google search and I'm just hang, in the well, that's, kitchen, that's again the quick Google yeah, search. So it's a Star Trek that's computer. One sense. Whoever does the that's, Star that, Trek that's computer a, that's first, that's a mobile situation. That's not a that's not a desktop situation. Well, then I guess in the Star Trek universe, everything's mobile. I want it in my house. Jerry's that's why right. you never saw anyone in front of laptops. And when they were in front of laptops, yeah. guess what? They were they were either ta- voice yeah. v chatting with or someone data. or, or t- typing. My exactly. favorite thing about the glass is is like I have the kid in one hand and I have something else and I need to Google like whether I can whether I can actually do whatever it is I'm about to do to yeah. the child. Is this safe? Mm-hmm. Can I can you give the child grapes at this age? I don't know. They seem like they'd get lost, but who knows? Oh. Okay, glass. Oh. Yeah. Or, or you just Hear me now. Hear me now. <laughs> um, the U Force was made by Broderbund. Uh, and here's the advertising That's copy for it. Do you want to know? Introducing U-Force, the revolutionary controller for your Nintendo entertainment system. So hot, no one can touch it. Now you can feel the power without touching a thing. It's U-Force from Broderbund, the first and only video game controller that without touching anything electronically (laughs) senses your every move and reacts. There's nothing to hold, nothing to jump on, nothing to wear. U-Force creates a power field that responds to your every command, making you the controller. It's the most amazing accessory in video game history, and it will change the way you play video games forever. It's the challenge of the future. U-Force. Take now that Now nothing comes between you and the game. Switch it out with Connect. Uh, yeah. no, it's switch, the same no, thing. No, switch out with Motion or Connect. Connect. Yeah, it's so listen, hot. Listen, introducing Connect, the revolutionary controller for your Xbox entertainment system. So hot, no one can touch it. Now you can feel the power without touching a thing. It's Xbox from Microsoft. Connect from Microsoft. The first and only video game controller that without touching anything electronically senses your every move and reacts. There's nothing to hold, nothing to jump on, nothing to wear. Connect. <laughs> Key creates a power field that responds to your every command, making you the controller. It's the most amazing accessory in video game history, and it will change the way you play video games forever. It's the challenge of the future. Connect. Now nothing comes between you and the game. Patent pending. Trademark Microsoft Corporation of America. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly it. It's the same thing. That's so funny. Fucking Broderbund. Um, I loved Broderbund. They were responsible too. for Karataka. Yeah, and Carmen Sandiego, right? And Ancient Art of War. 
I never played Ancient Shard. Was that like an early strategy game? It was the first real-time strategy did they, game. Did they publish one of those submarine games? I don't know. I used to play Wolfpack, I think, on like a 286. That was, that was an amazing game. That sounds right. Yeah. Um, I learned about tr- torpedo spreads. It was real important <laughs> seminal knowledge. Um, Haswell, uh, Intel unveiled a Haswell, a version of Haswell for thin fanless tablets. It's a 4.5 watt, uh, what they, they, they don't call it TDP though. They call it SDP or something like that. Something like that. Um, the idea is that it can operate at, uh, without needing a fan and can crank up for short periods of time if it needs it. But for the most part, it, it just doesn't get warm. Yeah. Which is, seems good. Seems good. Not for gaming. Um, Flipboard magazines, which I don't know if we talked about this. Do I people think. use Flipboard? I, you guys use Flipboard? I used to. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's really pretty. Not anymore. But I, I, yeah, it used to be like the way I read stuff on Saturday morning or Sunday morning. Like I'd get coffee, I'd sit on the back porch. It was the darling app. I mean, it was everybody liked that app. I liked that. It was app. easy to like because it was so pretty. And the, it, it, it was a fancy RSS reader. But it yeah. wasn't RSS. It was just pulling stuff from social usually. I thought it was, no, it was RSS. Well, it was both. I guess it did. R- yeah, it'll pull your, it was feed, RSS your Google and then Reader also, feeds yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, they uh, they let people use Flipboard, like Flipboard, Flipboard. I don't, I don't know a while if ago. people if people really like, want to use that as a way to consume uh, like uh, on a big screen. I had a Flipboard magazine for a little bit, and and after doing it for a month, I had thirty five subscribers or something. So I pulled the plug. It was that's, too much work. Much like real magazines. Yeah, uh, thirty five subscribers not going to not, not, no, and thirty five subscribers not going to not going to cut it. It's not worth the time. Um, Google is donating 600 grand to bring free Wi-Fi to 31 San Francisco parks. There's a list of those parks now. On SF Gate, I think, right? Yeah. Is it uh, the Premier Park in San Francisco? Uh, Golden Gate Park? What no, no. Uh, the, you know, Hetch Hetchy. Um, no, it's not going to be out there. Oh, that's the, you mean the flagship? Yeah, the flagship. No, it's not. I don't doubt it's going to be out there. I didn't see it on the list. But it is going to be on the, um, on, the, on the park near me, which is good. And, uh, you know, Mission Dolores Park. It's going to be all over the place. I don't, it's pretty I, cool. More, more staring. What, what I don't know. I mean, you can actually do work there. I mean, instead of going to Starbucks, you can right. now go out to a park right? uh, and take up more battery because you need a brighter LCD. Full brightness. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, but with you, you don't care. You got yes, yeah. six hours in there All at least. The battery right? needs. But the thing is, I, what does this mean? I, my mind goes directly to infrastructure and security. What, are there going to be a bunch of antennas around these parks now? And are we all going to be on the same land with all these other? I got to imagine they so much something. sniffing. Let the dogs sniff the poop and people yeah. sniff the IDs. You know, I've started seeing uh, public Wi-Fi that you sign up for an open access point, mm-hmm. and then it says, do you want to switch to our closed access point? Here's the information. So then at least you get uh, WPA-protected Wi-Fi rather than uh, just pure open, sniffable, easily sniffable. That's an encrypted... It's an, it, well, it's, it's WPA. I mean, still, once you're on the LAN, then you have access to everybody else's stuff. Although That's the question. The people who run those routers, you, like, you can segment out each individual connection. Oh, yeah? So you can make it so that you can't sniff across. It's, it, like, that is a choice that's set up by the router, and i got to imagine when you do public Wi-Fi at this point that you, you segment out individual, well, that's good to individual subnets. Okay. I mean, maybe not. I don't know. The, thing is, the other thing is a lot of the public web is now SSL encrypted. So, like, if you're going to Twitter or Facebook or something like that, even stuff that you wouldn't think necessarily is SSL encrypted, like Gmail, all of the stuff that has private information is is SSL for the most part. It's only content stuff like tested and 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 yeah, it's my like actual machine. Are, like, not even my what I'm transmitting that I'm worried about. It's it's access to my open ports and my folders that I might be sharing. Oh, then you should you you should set up a firewall. Yeah, you should have the firirwall on. That's smart. But on a public you know, network. people aren't going to do that. Well, that's true. People are dumb. Yeah. Um. 
uh, UK, the UK's speaking porn, of people who are dumb. Yeah, speaking of dumb stuff, <laughs> um, the UK's porn filtering initiative started this week. Is this when they, or is this just when they started collecting opt-ins? Um, but the idea is that there is a nationwide mandate that ISPs have to offer either unfiltered raw internet or filtered no porn internet. Because pe- politicians understand how the internet works. I want to know if you live in the UK, and I know we do have listeners there, how this affects you and what the implementation has been like. Um, the one thing that I saw that was best, it seems like the implementation required that at least my limited understanding based on reading one article off of Reddit is that... Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> you should just stop there. It, no, is that, <laughs> is that the ISPs have to offer the choice. The the article that I saw on Reddit basically said, here, my ISP offered this is the choice. Maybe this was a Charles Strassling. I can't remember. But the choice was, I want to have raw internet, and they took you through the normal sign-up. Or raw I want internet. to have... I want to have filtered internet. And then it said, no, we're sorry. We can't offer you this service. You'll have to go someplace else. So it, it seems like a typical example of politicians not understanding how the internet works. Um, a lot of stuff's filtered. Like, we've been filtered. Tested has been filtered for content before. Um, has it been filtered or just not whitelisted? Both. Well, we're definitely not whitelisted. But we've also been filtered. Really? Blacklisted. Um, bl- blacklisted for... Uh, I can't remember. It was video game stuff one time. The time we had the spam attack and there was a bunch of porn on the site was the other time. Um, it, you know, it's it's it happens to sites that should not be filtered. You know, like tested. Um, Nvidia Shields finally out again. They were originally scheduled to launch, I think, the beginning of July or end of June, and they had to delay. It's now going to ship on July 31st. They had to change stuff because of a hardware fault that they discovered at the last minute. Um, the Oculus VR Jam contest is announced. And there's a $10,000 grand prize. I didn't know about this. Yeah, I thought it was kind of cool. Oculus just sent out an email two days ago to its uh, Kickstarter. Oculus, and, eh? Oculus VR. The Rift people. Yeah. And they, they, was, they led off with, we, want, we play almost every demo that is uploaded or mentioned on our forums. Um, and we think there's a lot of interesting creativity going on. But recently we've noticed a trend of old games being uh, you know, retro-converted to, to add Oculus support. And they don't like that. They they like the original stuff. So, with that, they have I guess uh, partnered with uh, an independent games festival, Indiecade. Does that sound right? Uh huh. They do a thing in L.A. and Santa Monica. Exactly. Yeah. And they have uh, you know contributed. I read fifty thousand dollars to um, the prize pool, and they, they, there's going to be a three week competition starting in about. That's the part that struck me was that the it starts a week and a half after they sent this email out. So there's really no time to prepare. Um, I'm going to be away that week, so I'm not competing, but it's uh, it's pretty cool. I mean, there's going to be a week to develop your concept, another week to show video of your prototype, and then another week or week and a half for final you know, submission. That's really cool. Yeah. Game jams are fun. Like, I, I hadn't, I was, it wasn't something I was really aware of until um, I think the first Molly Jam last year, which uh, um, Chris Remo and Patrick Klepek and a, few, a couple people from Double Fine put together, I think. Um, but it, like it's just the idea of coming together and making teams and coming up with some game concepts and making making stuff that you know in a in a short time period. Yeah, it's that really short time period that is interesting because there's a clear limit and it can't be too big of concept. Well, and it's it's interesting because like a lot of I know that some actual really real game developers use that as like a prototyping. Phase. Yeah, now, Double Fine has famously done that. I was going to say, um, but I, I also hear about other studios that have done similar stuff. So. Um, I think Double Fine just takes like a, what they call it a for, uh, amnesia fortnight, where yeah. they stop working on whatever it is they're they're working on, 
and then break up into four or five or six teams and yeah. build like two week prototypes because yeah. I guess a fortnight is two weeks. Uh, that's what I read. Yeah, internet. Uh, did you guys see the Gravity trailer? Yeah, all no. three of them. Have you not seen it? No. Oh, you should watch the Gravity trailer. I will. It's really good. So, Norm, did you like the Gravity trailer? Uh, I think these the ragdolling stuff looked a little too fake. I thought that the way they CG. moved in space was a little bit fake. I mean, I know that they have to do that because if if they took twenty two minutes to traverse a, a boom, it would be a real real bummer of a movie. Yeah, it seemed. Uh, Clooney Clooney is a fucking the acting astronaut. Stuff is great jetpack virtuoso though. But I think the, the CG the. The, the motion looked a little too fake. I don't know if it's because it's intentionally done that way because it's zero G, but it's not even about like momentum. It's just about like the yeah the, the movements. Did they shoot that in the vomit? It's like comment? all those zombies piling up in that in that recent movie World War, War Z. Yeah, War Z. where they're all running up the wall. That just looks completely yeah. computer generated. Apparently, that movie was good. Yeah, really? I didn't see it, but no, the computer graphics. There was supposed to be you know. Um, I like the book. Procedurally generated animation and everything. I thought it, you know cool concept, but it looked fake. Was it massive? Don't know. I like the book. Good. Nothing like the book. Yeah. It's Max Brooks's. It's Mel, Mel Brooks's kid wrote the book. No kidding. Mel Brooks I didn't and Anne Bancroft. Brooks. It's Max Brooks. Is Mel Brooks' kid? Cool. Yeah, he wrote that in the Zombie Survival Guide and something I know, else. Yeah. He liked the movie. I, I thought the the book was good. I'm, I'll watch the movie when it's out on DVD or something, or Apple TV, whatever. It's yeah. The book. The movie is supposed to be nothing like. The well, book. the book. The book was unfilmable because the book is a series of vignettes that are the oral history of the CDC guy who had to figure out the outbreak of like, they took the character from the book and made a movie that tells a story that's intelligible as a movie. I mean, I, I don't have any beef with that. Um, the last thing I saw is on Gizmodo this morning that monopoly is removing jail from the new version of monopoly. So there's this thing called monopoly empire where you buy brands instead of property and they're going to take the jail out of that because apparently it's impossible to jail criminals in the 21st century. Thanks, is that, is that the reason? No, I think they just said it made the game too slow. Okay. But the real reason the game is too slow, and I saw this on Dan Amrick's blog the other day, the real reason the game is too slow is because everybody plays with bullshit house rules. Well, the, the rules that people think are the, the real rules have there's an oral history are the bullshit house rules. What's yeah. an example of a bullshit well, house rule? You know how when you land on a piece of property and say you land on Park Place and you only have $250, not the $350 required to purchase it. At that point, what do you do in your game of you, Monopoly? You can foreclose some other homes if you want to. That is a thing you could do. But what if you don't want to do that? Can I borrow you from mortgage Norm? mortgage other homes. You cannot borrow from Norm. I can't? No. Okay. He gives terrible terms. <laughs> you, you'll, you'll have kneecaps. I'm out of luck. I can't later. buy it. Right. So then what happens when you can't buy it? Oh, so another player has the opportunity to. There's an auction, which all players, including oh, right. the player who passed on, can participate in. However... No one plays with that rule. No, they just pass by. They just pass by and somebody has to land on it again. So what happens is instead of taking like three or maybe four laps to theoretically purchase all, almost all of the property, it takes 10 or 12 laps and you're looking at like a 90-minute setup Is this phase because of the early computer versions of the game that didn't have that rule? It's possible. I don't know. Because those games also took a long time to I, play. Before I played the computer versions, that was the way. We always played without auctions because I think it might have been too complex for the age kids that were playing... That, that were that were playing that game, and as a result, I have not played Monopoly right for my entire life. That blew my mind that you're supposed to do auctions. It's a story that's come up, you know, every, it, it every two years. It's just like, by the way, here's a reminder: does we're it? all playing Monopoly wrong. Yeah, wow. yeah. Oh, well, I've only played it on the iPad in the past ten years, and 
How, how was it? It's, it, has, it has that rule. No, it's great. It's so much faster because you don't have to deal with all the setup and the, cha- the money hand- changing hands. And it has, you know, it has the auction built into it. Yeah. It's good. Airplayed onto the TV. Okay. That's the way to do it. Okay. We played, I want to say that we played Scrabble one time, Gary and Leah and my wife and me. And we did it with the iPad in the middle of the table as the board, and everybody's using their phones as the tile trays. Yeah, I've, yeah, I've seen that. It's yeah. the worst experience of my life. Oh, really? It That's was a clever it kept, concept. It kept crashing, oh. and then you lost your game like three times. And oh, by the no. end, Gary was so upset that he he just was like, "I'm I'm going to go play Xbox games instead." I'll they should make later. a physical board game uh, version. I think that's a great idea. <laughs> I think that's oh, and call it words with friends, but not kickstart it and start a company in yeah. Portland. <laughs> that would not. Oh, be too idea. soon, man. That was. Well, I mean, too, and also, why? Why too soon? It's, you, a lot of people lost their lost their their. Yeah, they should be pissed off about that. They are pissed off about Good. it. We didn't talk about that, but a guy who a, a team of three guys who kickstarted a board game. A team of one guy. No, three who, guys. There were designers yeah, and artists, and then, designers and then didn't get any money. Guy, um, and he kickstarted a board game and raised like one hundred thirty thousand dollars. Um, and this was last June, I think, June 2011, June 2012. June the board 2012. game was like Monopoly. It was a Monopoly-esque board game. But it was like Cthulhu-themed. Yes. Uh, and it was kind of an expensive Kickstarter. They're like, the, the game was 75 bucks or something like that. Because it supposedly had great little uh, figurines. And it seems like the guy might have either squandered the money or taken it and run. Um, completely permissible by Kickstarter's rules and not regulations. Not really. It is. They it is. they bear no responsibility. No, what, they bear no responsibility. But it's it does say you're 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 supposed to provide. Yeah, I'm the goods just saying Kickstarter is not liable. Yeah, Kickstarter is Kickstarter can't be liable. That wouldn't work if Kickstarter is liable. Kickstarter would not work if Kickstarter was liable. Um, so a risk you take if you kick if you back something. Of course, and we've discussed that at length. Um, but yeah, so people are super upset. And I think rightly so. He's saying he's going to get a job. Apparently, he quit his job to make this board game. Apparently, he's had he's had a history of doing this, and has a history of of <laughs> of really? pr- One getting of his projects. Employers or people who work with him said that he, he got investment for another oh, company and also spots stuff on Amazon. That pisses me off. Not not. I mean, if I was one of the guys who had my money taken, I'd be pissed off. But it pisses me off that. Sullying the name of, of Kickstarter, giving it a bad reputation. Yeah. More of this. Well, also the designers sucks. who partnered with this person to, to release a game that they've been working on for almost a decade. You know, they they have nothing to show for it. They can't do their own Kickstarter, and they're going to re- release the game for free as a as a print and play. Um, the the worst comment I I went through a few pages back in the comment thread because it was it was real up and down. Like there were some people that were kind of understanding, like, well, we knew our chances with Kickstarter, you know. But the worst one was the guy who said, look, I funded like 65 things and up until this point I was able to say I hadn't gotten burned yet and that makes me really sad. So, yeah. Uh, and then that made me go back and look at my Kickstarter history to see what the oldest thing is that hasn't been funded yet, that hasn't been fulfilled yet. And I think mine was the Settlers of Catan board from last June. Uh, you know the frame for the for the Catan tiles, uh, which they're now shipping. Like they're shipping starting this week, so I was excited. Indie game, the movie just shipped the um, special edition this week, the Blu-ray. So I am now finally fulfilled. Wow, my, my backing. It's funny. I bought the I I backed the digital or I bought the digital version. I didn't even back it. That took a long time. Yeah. You may have at some point the success of that project just like pushed everything back. Well, they said that they've been working nonstop on this special edition for, for the past year. It's, it, have you downloaded it from Steam yet? Really? No. I downloaded I it yesterday. It's pr- like there is a lot of extra stuff on the 
there are like 12 or 13 extra like epilogues and mm-hmm. there's there's right, features they, shot, they originally shot it to profile more than just the two yeah. teams so like the but Spelunky, they shot more for this too oh, yeah okay. the Spelunky guys are there like the the Spelunky there's a whole segment about Spelunky that I haven't watched yet did you watch to see if you were in it more oh no I'm not I, I, I would have heard by now <laughs> what was your line What you said something I had the climax of the film I remember what was it um, <laughs> when you when you finish that. this, are you going to feel a sense of relief or profound disappointment? Yeah, say the line. And then say the cut line. to Edward McMillan. He's like, oh, really good. Say good the line. line. I just did. I love. I love that. I, <laughs> I was really pleased. With I myself. saw it with you guys in the theater. Yeah, I, accidentally clever. I was so starstruck by you. I was blown. I was shocked. I had no idea. <laughs> somebody like oh, so, somebody, that, that was him. Somebody on Twitter was like, "Hey, that's you're in the movie." Yeah, I was like, hey, "Yeah, whatever. I'm sure." And yeah, it was good. I was, my wife was really impressed. One of the few times my my career has ever impressed her. So, um, and and completely accidentally clever. It was just a good pull on their part because um, we said a lot of really dumb stuff in that same exact video. <laughs> so, what is the is the Steam one an executable? Yeah. So it's uh, depending on what you, what you download it on. If you download it for Mac, it's a it's a normal app package, and then you can open up the package and pull the movie out if you want. Um, but it's just like an MP4. Oh. It's like an HD MP4. So it's linear. The movie. Mm-hmm. It's linear. There's no menus. Uh, no, if you if you open the executable, then there's menus. Oh, okay. So it has like, what do you want? Do you want to watch the film? Do you want to watch the commentary? Do you want to do this? Cool. Do you want to have the like? There's a team meet commentary on a lot of the new stuff. Apparently, those MP3s are just loose in the folder, so you can grab them if you want. Huh. Um, I don't know what it looks like on Windows because I download on my MacBook. Um, but yeah, I I really like that movie a lot. I thought Me it was good. too. Soundtrack's excellent. The soundtrack, Jim Guthrie is the bomb. Yes. He released a, stu- a studio album earlier this year that's quite good. Too. Yeah, and then he released an instrumental version of it. Oh, I didn't know that. It's good. Yeah. I've been listening to this, the Fez, the Disaster Piece Fez remixes lately. I've heard that. So the FZ and F, um, I can't remember what it is, but yeah, they're good. You should listen to them. Uh, I guess that's it for, for news. Anything else? Did we miss anything? I feel like we've been going for a long time here. Uh, let's uh, play some music. Jeremy Williams. Hi. You're here. Uh, you have been working on some stuff. We're not going to talk about all of it, I know. Great. But uh, you showed us your pixel box a few months ago now, I guess. Norm called it the grid. Yep. And the name. Uh, you've been working on that more. Yep. Yeah, well, because of you and your listeners and viewers. Okay. Uh, it, was, it was a fun project. I thought it was going to be a one-off thing, and I showed it to you guys, and your, your audience liked it so much, and they suggested I try to put it on Kickstarter. So Speaking I, of Kickstarter. I couldn't do that because I, we didn't talk about the cost of that one. I think if we had, none of those people would have piped <laughs> up because that one cost about $400. Not counting labor. Right, it's and there was a parts. lot of labor. No. Um, so I, that's been, you know, a project of mine is just try to scale that down and I've scaled it way down. Um, I'm still working out all of the parts, but it's been a lot of fun and it's, it's exact same LEDs, only it's a tighter array. So, you know, we, we call it the retina pixel box. Tighter array meaning, uh, the, the pixel density. Pixels are smaller. They're 33% smaller. Right. The pixels are now about a <laughs> centimeter wide instead of maybe three times that. Oh. Um, and it's now Arduino-based. It has buttons on it to control, and it's, it's pretty tight. It's pretty <laughs> What cool. distance do you have to view that pixel box before you can no longer distinguish the pixels? <laughs> pretty far. We can find out. Yeah. It has a battery pack. This is the Kickstarter video. 
So <laughs> <laughs> we started with the Kickstarter with the yeah, it's it's good. So anyway, thank you f- to your listeners and viewers for all the support on that, and I, I hope to have something. Not ready. ready to show right now, but right in, in hopefully near future. Near future. But as a result of working on this and switching from Raspberry Pi to Arduino, you you worked on coding. You oh, wrote yeah. code in the segments I recorded with you. I was always so clear and adamant that I'm not a programmer, and I. Surprised myself. Uh, yeah, I, I, I thought I would need help on it, and I you know, sat down and I just sort of plowed through it. And Arduino is such a great community to learn this in because there are not only is there a huge community ready to pipe in and help you if you have a question, but there's so much example code out there because you can't compile Arduino executables, libraries, right. whatever. It's all source code. And so you just go out there and you just read and you find examples and you just figure things out and tweak it. Well, the neat thing is, is like the retail, the people who sell the parts and the different components you use ha- usually have some sort of sample code. So like Adafruit or SparkFun or whoever, yep. whoever's selling it. And then also the people who've done projects. There's these massive libraries of Arduino projects. So if you want a timer or if you want a light control or if you want something that modulates um, a stepper motor or something like that, then, then there's th- that stuff's everywhere. And you can find it. And if you know the basics of the electronic stuff, it's it's much easier to do than I ever thought was possible. True. Um, yeah. I, I mean, Adafruit deserves so much credit for the amount of free material they have put out there. Yeah. And I mean, I, they're a business. You know, they're trying to sell equipment just like SparkFun is and a, a few other people. But my goodness, they have they are so generous with their code. Uh, so thank you to them. Yeah. So um, we'll have more of that when you when you get a little closer. Great. Um, anything else? We talked about going to camp. <laughs> no. Okay. I'm good. Okay. Uh, Norm, what have you been testing? Uh, the HTC One. The HTC right One is a phone. It looks like an iPhone. It's it doesn't, look, doesn't look like an iPhone. It's white. My iPhone looks like that. No, my iPhone doesn't look like this at all. Okay. Um, it has Beats Audio. That sounds like a minus so far. <laughs> no, that's, audio is actually uh, much louder on this than it is on the uh, Oh, that's Beats for the speakers? I thought it was for the audio chip for the headphones. It's both. No, it's, it's, it's for both. And there's actually a toggle in the settings. They can turn Beats on and off. I don't know why they even Are these speakers? Really? Well, the Beats is... The we Beats. Give you a, uh, Does it sound demo. okay? It sounds loud. No way. The, the yes. Well, you know, iPhone, even though it has the, all the grills on the bottom, yep. sound only comes out on the left side. Yeah, I know. If you block block it. Not the mini, though. Well, the microphone's on the other side. Mm, I don't no, he's right. No, mic- mic's over. There's, there's three microphones on the iPhone. Oh, well. One on the front, one on the back, and this one on the one, bottom. This one's actually pretty loud. I'm stereo. It's, it's stereo because it comes up to- top and bottom. Wow. You can hold, it, hold up in front. It's kind of transistor radio-y. Hmm. Except I guess those were all mono. Yeah, see if I... This is loud. Don't put anything copyrighted. Yeah. And then the beats, but the beats is just like audio. Po- it's like the bass boost button, right? That's pretty good. It's That's not bad. Good. Uh, no, the best thing about this is the screen. It's a 10, it's, 1080p screen. It's IPS? IPS LCD with a RGB arrangement. Is it the same as the one in the, in the 1X? No. Or similar? Oh, it's a higher resolution, obviously. High resolution. But but like it looks optical close bonding. to the surface. Uh, up, yeah, there's yeah. optical bonding. That was the thing that struck me about the last year's HTC phone is that the screen it lo- like it looked like it was just underneath the glass instead of sunk down in it, which is, is pretty stunning when you when you look at it. And, um, and the battery life is great. Well, this is your you use let's see, you used a Nexus Four for a little bit last, earlier this mm-hmm. year, right? Mm-hmm. How are you feeling about the one? Um, has LTE, which Nexus Four did not have. Okay, it's thinner than Nexus Four. I, I like the curve on the bottom. The aluminum back is much better than the glass back. Okay. 
Um, it's on the, your iPhone? No, on the Nexus 4. Oh, the Nexus 4 is a glass back too? It cracked very okay. frequently for a lot of people. Uh, the, the white bands here uh, have been blued a little bit just from being in jeans. So Are those the radio for radio transparency or something, or are they uh, just for style? Uh, I think it's radio. Okay. Um, and the camera has not been very impressive. The back camera or the front camera? Back camera. It's interesting because last year's camera was pretty good, but it was on, had that nubbin on the back that hung off. I'm just maybe it's because I'm not very impressed with smartphone cameras. Period. So now. more, oh. but even, even compared to the iPhone, I just like the iPhone camera better. So how are you? The bigger question is like the phone's great. How 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 is this switch to Android for you? What's your feeling? Right. It does, I mean, like are you it's, it's, are you? I'm very comfortable with Android. Okay. It's, are it's, you going to stay? Uh, I don't know. Like, what do you like? What do you not like? Um, I don't like pulling teeth here. I like. Uh, I'm th- thinking about. I like the, the like on the Nexus Four. I mean, everything I like about Android and Nexus Four, I like here. So okay. Widgets, lock screen widgets, calendars at a glance. For, as someone who checks his phone many times a day, pretty obsessively. Uh, having lock screen widgets is great for calendar stuff. Having home screen widgets for mail is. Great for mail for having multiple accounts. I have different widgets for different accounts. Okay, and you actually um, use the widgets. I actually, use the widgets. Okay, as, as a way to get into the mail or to look at my mo- most uh, recent messages. Notification bar is so much better here than it is on iPhone, um, mostly because of the icons on top. So with, when that, when you get a notification on the iPhone, you have to pull it down to see that you have a notification here because the icons stack up. As you get more notifications, you are kind of required to pull down, see your notifications. You can get emails, summaries in your notifications, delete from your notification bar. Love that. I mean, it's on all Android devices. Uh, I love the, the green uh, LED on the, the grill. It's like the BlackBerry. Let's you know, you know that you have a new message. When it pops green. What do you use your green LED for? For mail. Just for mail? Mail, yeah. Okay. How much of a deterrent to switching would the fact that you already have so much invested in Apple apps be? Apple apps? Yeah. Uh, not everything that's on your phone. I think the biggest thing is was contacts and iMessages, um, because Apple you can't export those contacts easily, and iMessages is stuck. I mean, actually, Apple you can export those contacts super easily. To I, I thought you can get them on Gmail pretty easily. Um, you can you can export them from the iCloud control panel online. So you I go to iCloud.com. And well, I, I manually just added all my people. Well, that works too. But the uh, app investment isn't an issue for you. No, because I have an iPad. And so those apps still work on the iPad. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, um, it was really the iMessages problem. Well, and the, the iMessages, have you, have you solved that yet? But just turning off iMessages and going into Apple developers and unregistering my phone. Did that work? Kind of. Because I still send iMessages occasionally yeah. to you. Because yeah. iMessages is turned on for some Oh, and he doesn't get them. He I does not get that's them. The, that was the big problem at Comic-Con. Yeah, right. we had people that are iPhone users that were sending us text messages and like... If I could was, send a message to them, and it goes as a text message, but when they respond, it's iMessage. it sends iMessage. Right. Maddening. Um, there's probably an easy way to fix that that we don't know about. So if you know, send an email to Norm. His email address is on the homepage. Um, uh, let's see. I used glass at Comic-Con all last week. I expected you to be wearing it today. I, I, I had... I'm out of contacts, so I'm I'm a little boned. I got an appointment next week to go back and have more. I've had eye problems. Um, it was weird. It's it's uh, people there like it, when you're surrounded with people that are wearing like like Dragon Ball Z costumes and stuff like that. You don't stand out at all. A lot of people ask questions, as is always the case. Uh, I, I've gotten much better at taking pictures with them. Like I'm, I can get the framing straight and all that stuff, which took a long time to, to kind of work out, to get the knack of. 
Uh, they're not very comfortable for long periods of time. They're too heavy. They kind of push down on your on on the right side of your nose in a way that's pretty uncomfortable. Um, and then the speaker and stuff is 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 of low value. Um, but they were great. The place they were awesome was driving to and from San Diego. So when we're on the interstate, and I don't, I, I program in our next stop, and it tells you how far away you are, uh, how far until the next turn, how far away you are in time. Um, shows you traffic along the way, gives you the full turn by turn nav. That stuff was really great, and and is like dramatically better than fumbling around with the phone trying to get the screen when it's when it does the bing bong and says your next turn is in and then it space spazzes out and you can't hear it and you have to like then pick up the phone unlock it open the app go into the you know it's much better much better than that when they perfect glass do you think it's going to have a larger screen that is it going to be a wider uh, um, field of view we've seen some stuff that is all like goes oh, we haven't seen it in person but we've seen we know of some stuff that are displays that go over your entire field of vision so it's like a normal pair of eyeglasses where the display is built into the lens uh, I don't know that that's a good thing necessarily it's pr- like the, there's there is something to be said for having to look in a in a overt way up and to the right to see the screen well what if that's information that's re- I mean Google Glass is not... It's not augmented. It's not, yeah. not augmenting anything. But something that's going to cover your entire field of view can augment things, and then, therefore, the information displays and the way it displays it can be more subtle I think that and not that, as distracting. That, that is absolutely true. I think that that is a whole other technology. It, it, as like Functionally, my hunch, and we haven't used a Pebble watch yet, but compared to the other smartwatches that I've used... The only difference between glass and the smartwatches is that there's a voice connection with glass so you can send commands back up to the phone in an easy way. Um, the, the, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I honestly don't know. I, I would love to see the augmented reality stuff take off. Like The precision that you get on compasses and gyroscopes and GPS today is such that it's going to be like we need a whole lot more computing power on the phones before that's even possible for it to be... A, what you want to use. Yeah, for it to be not like a big red box over that building that it recognizes, and as you move it, it's like it trying wiggles. to catch up and, yeah. and not being synced. Um, the, the, like, the thing that I would love is the face recognition thing where it says, oh, I'm going to face recognize this picture versus every Facebook profile picture out there and then come back and say, oh, yeah, that's John, John Johnson. He's blah, 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 probably. He's a friend of a friend of a friend, so you probably know him, right? The porno does that. Hmm? Google oh. Glass porno. Yeah, that came out this week. We didn't talk. I skipped that on purpose. Oh, I tapped that glass. <laughs> is that what it's called? I don't think that's what it's called. Oh but that God. is a line from the film. Um, we drove to Comic Con, podcasted from the car. Uh, we used the Goal Zero battery pack that we used for uh, the 3D, the third person headset. Um, it's just a big lead acid battery that sits. It weighs like twelve, fifteen pounds. But it gave us power. Oh, actually, we didn't use that for driving podcasts. We used that for driving and, and um, uh, when we tried to capture glass GPS. We used an inverter for the podcast. It was good. It worked. Um, I guess that'll do it for you us. Know, car podcasts are things that no one, no one else is doing. We're a pioneer. That's true. You guys are ahead of everything. Mobile podcasting. It's like Jeremy Seinfeld. Or not Jeremy. It's like driving cars it's, with comedians. It's, yeah, it's like <clears throat> Jerry Seinfeld's driving Jeremy cars. Seinfeld is Jerry's older brother. Driving cars, getting coffee, or what is it called? Driving cars with comedians, writing cars with comedians. There's getting coffee in there somewhere, right? 
Did he ever do that series? No, it's a real series now. So he did it for fun the first year, and now Crackle pays oh, for comedians it. in cars huh. getting coffee. Yeah. Sorry, he and he. Uh, he it's, it, it is a not a TV series. It's a web series. Still, he's doing it for fun, but it's easy for him to do. He has really great, great guests, and he gets to show off his car collection. Outstanding. Yeah. David Letterman is my new favorite guest now, I think, because he was good in the, in the Jerry Seinfeld thing, and he was great on the Eric Bald- Alec Baldwin podcast a few weeks ago, or radio show a few weeks ago. Um, I guess that's it for us. Jeremy, anything you want to plug? Um, no, but I'll be back to plug something later. In the not-too-distant future, we I hope, hope so. Norman Chan, uh, dude, there's just so much good stuff on the site this week. I don't even know where to start. Just come to the site and look at it, and it's all in the top carousel. The good stuff. It is a good site this week. It's it's always. I think it's a good site. It's always a good site, but this week is really good. Norm's Norm's gallery is. Yeah, so it's, it's a, this is this is a content from a quality perspective. I'd say maybe fifth best week of the year. <laughs> no, seriously. Uh, I'm being very very honest. The there. sick thing is that in Norm's head, there's a whiteboard with week of January 9th. and I can tell number you, one, third best week of the year, July Fourth weekend. Yep, this year it's when we put up all the rest of our space stuff. Yeah, that, that was, was good a really stuff. Good, good week because I, we, yeah, years are ranked. I'm just trying to encourage people to go now. Okay, now it's, it, it, I encourage people to go now and in the future. You can always get better. Every every day is better than the one before. It's kaizen. Uh, we didn't have any good questions this week, but if you have a question, send it to podcastattest.com. We prefer audio questions. Make sure it doesn't sound like you're being drugged behind the ecto two as you're driving through the uh, city of New York. Uh, and I guess that'll do it for us. We'll see you guys next week. If you like the show, like us on Facebook or Twitter, YouTube, iTunes. We love iTunes reviews. They're really good. Uh, we haven't gotten many of those lately. So if you want us to keep doing this, we need some feedback. It doesn't have to be positive. You can tell us what assholes we are. That's totally cool, too. Uh, but we read it all. And we'll see you guys next week. Uh, I'm going to play the outro. Uh, and I'm going to play the plain one. Hi there. I didn't see you. I forgot to download an outro. I forgot to download an outro this week. Oh, my God. They look swollen and puffy. It's all the way in. Oh. Oh. I thought that was the blank one. (laughs) Oh, that was bad.